Welcome, guys. Howdy. To Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast, where all of your dreams come true horrifically. We got a brand new friend here. Uh, actually, he's not brand new. We've known this motherfucker for like a decade. Although uh, he does look a little bit more hairier and smellier. Who <laughs> was yeah. that? Was that patchouli? His dick got, <laughs> yeah, his dick got smaller That's for sure. my wife. <laughs> So guys, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about today, our theme for the show is intended for kids. So literally, it's movies that were intended for kids, but probably scared the piss out of everyone and gave them nightmares, uh, or something along those lines. So we got some movies, we got some TV shows, and we're going to talk about that. So we got our friend Derek here. Um Woo. He was actually one of our old friends back in the old Yucca house. Way where, back in the day. And we used to live party, uh, together for a little while. And even before that, you get you went to the Art Institute of Phoenix. Yeah. So we got a brand new show with a brand new friend again. For you guys to hear, anyway. I was Zombie Jesus at the house. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fun. You did a yeah. fucking short film of uh, Zombie Jesus. Yeah, well, Richie Ramirez. With Josh. Yep, you know, I don't Josh, ever think I saw yeah. that. Do you guys have a oh, copy no, of it? I do. Yeah, but it's in Michigan at my they house. They used to, so, uh, oh, okay. if you guys don't know what the fuck we're talking about, which is probably everyone, um, <laughs> including probably Patrick. Yeah, I never saw this movie. Um, basically, they used to do the, the what was it? The It was a 48-hour film challenge. That's that what it was. That was like really popular yeah. back in the day. Yep. So everybody would do these film yeah. challenges. They would like pull a name or like a subject out of a hat almost. And, like, come up with this fucking story and subject matter and all this other shit. And they had to add this element into it. Like, it could be a hairbrush or, like, a dumbbell or whatever the fuck it was. And they would have to, in 48 hours, make this short film about it. Yep, and they asked us to use our house. And we were like, sure, yeah, why not? And then they asked me to be Zombie Jesus. In the front yard, too, huh? Yep. And we (laughs) scored the cross that I battled with. Remember, that was in the shed. (laughs) You're a kick-ass Jesus, Halloween dude. Halloween decoration. Yeah, dude, I had the the metal. Biggest, baddest motherfucking Jesus i ever seen. The slow motion blood out of the mouth. Uh, Derek has actually awesome. also been times. in a uh, uh, crime documentary-style TV show as oh, well. Yeah. He was the murderer yeah. in it. What was the show called? Psychic Investigators. Are you on the IMDb for that? Yep, yep. Psychic nice. Investigators, yep. Derek Conrad, Derek A. Conrad, and... Uh, I played, uh, John Smith was actually the name of the killer. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, great name, by <laughs> right. the way. Right. 
Good luck finding John Doe, right? Yeah, if you're going to be a serial killer, don't be John Smith. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, you're not going to get your jerk off session. (laughs) uh, My bad. It was John Adams, actually. Oh, damn it. You ruined my joke. I did. I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fuck it. Restart it. (laughs) Edit that. Yeah. So back to square one. So. Yeah, John Adams, you know, like the Revolutionary Father, you know, of course. Declaration of Independence, you know. Well, it was based on a real crime, and a psychic helped find the body, which then, of course, led to the and resolution. The, what was it in the water in Phoenix? It was in a canal. In the canal, yeah. Yeah, in the Phoenix Canal, and there was a one of the water cleaners caught the body. It was in Tempe. No shit. Yeah, over by the hospital in Tempe. and uh, They never showed his face, by the way. They just showed his hands and his his legs and stuff and like yeah. like everything from like his midsection down. Yep, and I got to swing at the cop. Do you know I the, still think I have cop. that DVD? Oh, the, do you? Yeah. Nice. Do you even have a copy? Yeah, I have one copy left. Okay, so I have the only other copy in existence. Nice. Did well, they give you two? My or friend what? has another copy. So yeah. there's three, okay. Yeah. Will you sign it for me? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I owe you. I owe you. Yeah, I know. I signed my CD. He brought it. He did. I've known Derek forever, dude. And even still to this day, he brought over a fucking CD of my band, Black Ops, and made me sign it. Like, it's so weird to like, you know what I mean? Like, we know each other so well. But uh, Well, hey, I bought it from you originally, and then I just never opened it because I right. was like, oh, and then finally I opened it, and I was like, oh, shit, I should have had him sign it. Since it's this kind of a reunion like that we've all been together, you guys haven't seen each other in years, too. Yeah, it's been yeah. years, for sure. Long time. Um, what was our fondest memory that we could remember? The house parties you had were epic. Right. So any one of those, it was always yeah. a fun time. Yeah, but there was one house party. Is this the one where the, the cops got called? Yeah. Uh, not just cops, helicopters. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was our housewarming party. Is what what it was. Was that what it was? Yeah, is that, that what was. is that what it was? It was. The oh my god! Party. Wow, yeah. we kicked in we the broke, front door of the neighborhood. That place in. Yeah. yeah, we're like fuck you neighbors, <laughs> and like literally, we were not even like. We're awesome. probably like a hundred steps away from an elementary school. Oh yeah, yeah, we were <laughs> yeah. so close. Yeah, <laughs> I do, I just remember. Like being in the backyard, and I was pretty trashed by this time. And you just coming out to the back porch saying, The cops are here. And like every underage person that was there just but there was booking it. That's the funny thing is like most of the people that were there, well, yeah, we were college age, they were all college age, so it didn't even fucking there matter. Been a mix. Well, why the fuck yeah. were they booking it like that? Because then? it's just auto react. I was because like, what are they going to do to me? It's like, oh, shit, I'm up to no good. You know, like in the back of your mind, you're like, you don't, right. it's like one of those like fight or flight situations where you just gotta like run and you you just don't even think about it i remember being on the back porch because here's the thing guys just to kind of paint the picture for you we had like six kegs we had like two vats of jungle juice we had bottles of beer like liquor everywhere there was uh people dancing naked on our tables in our kitchen like we had a dj with a big well it wasn't a huge sound system but it was enough to get us by and we cranked that shit. And when everybody was, I, I think we even charged like $4 at the door years $5 ago. $5 a head, actually. It's like something like that. This is before I actually yeah. became good friends with you. I remember paying really? five bucks. Yeah. Well, I, it, the thing was, is that fucking beer costs a lot of money. I probably drank like five cups out of that. Oh, yeah. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. So we were like, okay. So we had your friend Judd watch the door. Yeah. And then 
it was funny because we invited i was like literally handing out flyers to this fucking party dude that's awesome. like to just i was like oh you're hot <laughs> i was like you seem cool here you go like i was just like out and about i was even at like best buy or fry's electronics or some shit i was like here you go you should come you know what i mean and they were like oh cool so eventually we had like a group of like a hundred people or maybe yeah. less. Maybe it was like 50 people. And we were MySpace in it too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. MySpace. We're old as fuck, dude. Uh, so then it's funny. There was like two or three extra parties going on somewhere, not in the neighborhood even. And somebody caught wind of this like killer party and like, both of these different separate parties were like, this party's fucking sucks. Let's go to the other one. So everybody poured over from all these other parties to our house, our entire neighborhood, all of the cars, there was nowhere to park. Like people parked a mile away just to come to our house. Like that's how ridiculous, like mile radius. Like think about that for a second. (laughs) That was epic, man. It was. It was a pretty big party. Uh, that party was insane. But the, I, the one thing that I remember the most, dude, is I was out on the patio and it became apparent that I knew 10% of the people there. <laughs> and I was like, really fucked up. I was drunk and whatever else, God knows. And I remember sitting out on the back patio and I, I saw a helicopter go by and it was shining its searchlight down, right? And I tapped some dude I didn't even know on the shoulder. And I was like, dude, I was like, there's a helicopter up there. And he was like, oh, yeah, man, that's cool, bro. I'll talk to you later. And then I was like, no, shit. Like, uh, this is my house. Like, oh, my God, what is happening right he now? He probably didn't even hear you. He was like, yeah, whatever. I'm fucked up. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> right. He's like, stop harshing my gig, bro. <laughs> what happened, though? What did you what did you guys do? Because this is the funny part, Derek. Well, I had to go outside and um, talk to the police. Right, uh, our bouncer slash AKA door guy. Yeah, my buddy Judd came out with me, and he was my representative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but explain how he said it. He was like, he was like, "Who do I talk well, to?" Um, I went outside to talk with the police, and yeah, it was kind of funny i guess somebody had brandished a weapon or something there was an argument outside of the place and somebody brandished yeah a gun someone talked about a gun or like pulled one out on some dude and that's why the police showed up in the first place it wasn't a noise issue even though it should have been because we were yeah that's the funny thing right yeah like it was a raging party dude yeah and it was no noise complaint yeah and i never saw even any kind of scuffle break out but apparently out front you know in the parking or something something happened Anyway, so I was talking to the police, and um, Justin was kind of talking for me because I was pretty fucked up, and um, I I wasn't doing the best. So he was helping me out, and um, the cop's like, I don't need to talk to you. Who are you? Because he's like, I need to talk to the homeowner. He's the homeowner. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm a... You know the renter, and he was like, "You, you can't speak for him. You're not a legal representative. You're not a lawyer." And um, he was like, so he "Fucking, to, like, what's his down. name? What's his name from Fear and Loathing? Why can't I think of his name? Hunter S. Thompson." Hunter S. Thompson. And like Judd was like, um, his lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like Benicio del Toro. Yeah, Benicio del Toro's character in the movie, at least. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was. It was pretty crazy. You know what's funny, dude? I remember when you were out there talking. I was trying to like. It was like I was suddenly fourteen again, 
I was up to no good. And I, I think we had a Nintendo out in the living room. And oh, yeah. I was like trying to pretend to play the game, <laughs> like in the living room. And it's like I'm, I'm over twenty one, and I'm like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> I think we I were like 25, on, 27 or I'm something. In the game. <laughs> anyway, That's but awesome. yeah, I just wanted to share that. But they took off, and we made it. We survived. Right. There was they, another. They, they just left off, and we we continued the party. Like. You know, most, like it was most no of the big people deal. were gone, but there were still quite a few of us there, and we just continued partying on. Did I wonder how many people got hurt like, the morning, jumping yeah. the wall? Because that wall was like mm. 10 feet high. It didn't matter, it though, because wall. they were still like officers. There was two squad cars. And I think one of the squad cars were checking IDs when people were leaving like that. Right. Which you said most of them weren't you know, underage, so it didn't really That's matter. That's what I was saying. Nobody was, but it was just auto-react. Right. And, right. and they must have not been underage because you would have got charged for serving underage. Right. There would have been a big deal about it. Right. But I remember there was another party that we had. And I remember I had a band come play in the living room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like really loud. <laughs> it was actually The Strand. I believe here locally. Oh wow! If you guys haven't checked them nice. out, you should. The Strand. Look them up. They're in Phoenix. I was trying to think of anything that I could let this go on for as long as I could. So the cop comes to the door and he's like, "Hey, we got a noise complaint." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm so sorry, officer. You know, we one of our buddies is getting shipped off to Iraq, and uh, we're just having a goodbye celebration party for him. So we may never see him again, man." I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, we're not trying to be, you know, we want to be compliant. I was like, can you just give us like maybe 15 more minutes to let the band play and then we'll quiet down and it'll be all normal. And he was like, yeah, go ahead. Just 15 minutes, no more. And I was like, do you think maybe 20? Nice. And he was like, you're pushing it. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, thank you so much. He really appreciates this. Thank you. And I shut the door and I was like, 15 more minutes! And then the That's band awesome. just started up like immediately. That's awesome. Like it was just like the next song. It was like, bam! And everybody, we just had so much fun, dude. It was so good. Nice. But anyway, sorry. Just had to share that. There wasn't a bad yeah, party at your awesome. house. They were all pretty epic. Yeah, it's because we didn't give a fuck. No. And I should have given a fuck. You know, like nowadays I would totally give a fuck. You know right. what I mean? Right. But, uh, I think it might be that time, guys. Oh, shit. Uh -oh. Horse shots! So, guys, we're back. Now it's time to take our horse shots with our friend Derek, who's never done one. By the way, he was the number one listener on SoundCloud, by the way, Woo. Uh, for quite a while. Quite a while. He had some uh, trials and tribulations happen, and he wasn't able to listen all the time, but he will be back after this, I have a feeling. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be doing the horror shot. We figured since this show is called Intended for Kids, we figured we'd do something oriented around that. So we decided that we would call this shot Daddy's Kool-Aid, mm. which sounds a lot worse than it really is. But let me paint the picture for you. You're a kid, not supposed to be drinking or watching horror movies like we've, like the theme. So what do you do? You where do you get alcohol? You get it from your daddy, right? Yeah, cupboard. Yeah, right or your there. mommy. I mean, but this one's Daddy's Kool-Aid. So <laughs> Daddy's gonna, yeah, Daddy's gonna make you some Kool-Aid. <laughs> 
So go ahead. All right. So let's uh, let's name this off. So we got a cup of ice here. We're gonna put in one shot, one part Midori melon liqueur. Love the color. One part Colson's amaretto liqueur. Then we have Smirnoff vodka, and then we do a little bit of cranberry juice for the juice. He's ever so gingerly pouring the Midori into the shot. No, go ahead. You want to fill it up a little more than that. And you pour that in the cup with the ice. With a dainty touch. Because we're putting this in the cup with the ice, guys. So it's going to be amazing and magical. Is it a shot of the vodka? Yeah, just put it in. Put one in there. No, we're not putting the whole bottle in Not the whole bottle. Just in the fucking (laughs) shot glass, you fucking nutbag. Look at you. You're out of control. Not even one whole shot. Though. He's insane. <laughs> yeah, it might as well. Just put it in there. It doesn't matter. I gotta smell this. Pretty ripe. Let's it smells like Kool Aid, dog. Does it? It does smell like Kool Aid. Holy crap! It does. It All smells right, like cherry fucking Kool Aid. Wow. Yeah. Give me that. No, don't drink it. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later. That's so great. <laughs> Sounds like something I would say before I took a hit of acid or something. Yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll see you later, bro. So epic. Now I wonder what it's going to smell like with that. I want it to just taste it the way it was. Did you funk right, the flow? Yeah. Dude, it smells exactly like, cherry like Kool-Aid. fucking Kool-Aid, dude. What the fuck? Let me smell it again. Just smell it. Ooh. Just smell it. Give her a whiff. Dude, it really does. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? Right? No, don't you dare drink that. (laughs) I wasn't. I wasn't. Jeez. So defensive. I think this is going to be one of those shots we're going to do a double up. Jumping down my throat over here. Just can't. (laughs) I think this is going to be the best shot we've had yet. So are you essentially the daddy? (laughs) You want to drink some of my Kool-Aid, bitch? (laughs) Pour me another one, daddy. Dude, it smells not like, guys, I can't even tell you. This literally smells exactly like fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's either it Tropical does. Punch or Cherry, but it's, dude. Yeah, it's Kool-Aid. All right. Now, as some of you may or may not know, and we're going to go into detail about this in our news segment, we lost one of our own, and that was Bill Paxton, who made so many fucking great movies. Amen. This motherfucker deserves a shot in his honor, so to this... It's to Bill Paxton. Cheers! Amen. Cheers. To you, Bill. Cheers, Bill. Dude, that was delightful. (laughs) Right? You know what it tasted Mm. like? Like melted otter pop. Mm. It really is good. Dude, I'll have another one. Wow. Right. Here, pour it up. Yeah, let's get on that. Guys, this may be a first, but this may be the most delicious drink we've ever made on this show. Yeah. It is so it's weird awesome. how uncanny it is. It doesn't taste exactly like Kool-Aid. Close enough. It almost tastes like a jello shot. Like a cherry jello shot almost. Maybe. I'm saying that or an otter pop. Like a melted, it has that yeah. little like Alright guys, let's drink again to Bill, cause fuck right, yeah. Bill. Fuck yeah. yeah. Like many... I would take a shot for every movie that I loved him in. But Dude, I would be we, we would be able to do the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Bill. Cheers. Cheers. Bill. We love you, brother. Mm. That is really good, dude. It's pretty good. It, it does, it, there's no harshness to it Guys, at all. this is the first time I'm ever going to say, but seriously, if you're of age, 
Get a nice key. Try this shot. Try this shot. Yeah. No joke. It's really fucking good. For our standards. Because yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. That what shit about, was gross. What about the one? There was one with an otter pop, wasn't there, that you guys did? Yeah, we oh, did. Oh, that was yours. Yeah, yeah. That one sounded apple. like oh, yeah, it the, tasted good. The candy apple, bloody apple. What was it called? Bloody apple something. Yeah, it was bloody apple. Yeah. I, did, I wasn't here for that. Damn, you remembered that and we didn't. That's how much fan Derek is. Yeah, so. I listened to it a lot back this then. This is a dream yeah. come true, Derek. It is. I made you want to jerk us off? Not for you, dickhead. Us. <laughs> That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gracing uh, you with my presence. <laughs> Enjoy. Drink it in. <laughs> That's it for horse shots. So what do we do next on this show? I don't fucking know. What the fuck are we doing, Pat? I'll fucking tell you what the fuck we're doing. It's the fucking news! Here is the fucking news! All right, since we just said it, and I think we all pretty upset about this i think i think everybody had a film that bill paxton did that they loved oh, there's yeah. at least one movie that you had to have loved growing up during the bill paxton era or whatever the fuck you want to call it but bill paxton recently passed away at the age of 61 on february 25th derek why don't you fill us in on some of that deets poor bill paxton died at the hand of a doctor's knife Right, complications like, from heart surgery, actually. Really Pretty serious surgery, yeah. So, dude, wasn't that how fucking uh, Jack Tripp? John Ritter. John Ritter. Why yeah. do I? I'm calling John him Ritter. by his fucking you name. Jack Tripper. Company. Yeah, this isn't three companies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you had to pick two movies that Bill Paxton did that you absolutely loved and remembered, like the first two that came to your head, what would I you got say? you right there. What? Near Dark, Aliens. Okay, what about you, Derek? Aliens for sure and Twister. Oh, really? I Twister just, was good. I like Twister a lot, and you know, I want to do Helen Hunt, and I love the Jeep, the Jeep <laughs> pickup. Man, that shit was balls deep. Oh, I just love Twister. Yeah. No, I. I mean, it wasn't a bad film, but it's not my favorite Bill Paxton. What's yeah. your favorite Bill Paxton then? I mean, he's done so many different fucking roles, but if I had to pick two, I would probably say Weird Science, and one of my favorite. That he did, oh god, so hard. I would say Brain Dead <laughs> because that movie uh, does not get enough credit. It's got Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton in it. Bill Paxton plays the creepiest fucking scumbag. I don't in think that I've movie. ever seen that one. It's not his best role, but I love him in it. I don't know how okay. to explain it. It's one of my favorite movies that nobody's ever heard of. But if you guys know who what movie Brain Dead is with Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton, give a shout out in the comments because I'll fucking love you forever. Yeah, Weird Science was good. I forgot about Chet. You dude, Chet, yeah. Chet, man. Like, yeah. that's like, dude, like, that's yeah. like the epitome of character roles. Dude, his laugh, right, great. dude. His, right. dude, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I can't even do it without coughing. But what a versatile actor, too. I mean, he could yeah. play any part in the book. It, it right. doesn't matter. That's he, why I like Twister, because he was the lead, and he was, you know, it was such a different role for him. He's always been kind of more supporting, and like, right. he, carried, he carried the story, and he did so, so well, you know? Yeah. I mean, was he was, cool. I guess he was kind of a character actor, but he did, 
he was able he did some have some acting chops not right. just for characters cuz for whatever reason some people go oh you're just a character actor huh but he had so he played so many different characters right it, it just I, the spectrum was endless I actually kind of dug the show Big Love, too. I caught it a few times. I was kind of digging it for a little while. Yeah, my wife is a big fan of that show, yeah. Just because of him, I was like, hell yeah, I'll watch it, you know? I only, yeah, I got sucked into a couple episodes only because he was in that. I didn't ever finish it, but when my wife watched it, I would get sucked in. Wow. Well, Bill. Bill, we miss you. We honor you. We, uh, it really sucks. If I had another shot right now, I'd take one. Right. Right. I totally would, too. We can make another one. (laughs) well i gotta drive so um something that that's interesting to know bill paxton did plan on making a thriller called the bottoms with the same writer that he worked with in the frail or uh in frailty oh really yeah which was a very creepy role for him oh dude it was a great movie um it says here paxton explained and this is from bloody disgusting by the way the links are all be below I got a great script called The Bottoms. It's written by Brent Hanley, the writer of The Frailty. Uh, It's adapted from a great book by Joe Lansdale. He's one of the great American writers coming out of Southern Gothic tradition. I've been involved with him now for six years developing The Bottoms. I brought Brent Hanley to the party because I knew it was right in Brent's wheelhouse. He's another Texas writer who really knows this noir stuff. I'm just a huge champion of Joe Lansdale's. And he's been very loyal to me because it's really taken on, taken us a long time to put the bottoms together. It's about the best script I've ever had my hands on in terms of a real regional thriller and a follow-up from the writer and director of Frailty. I'm sure that if I can just make that movie and make it well with a good cast at the decent budget, it's a bona fide classic. So I'm assuming that he never was able to act in it. Because they were writing it together or working on it somehow, and he was going to be the producer. The book was published in 2000, and it uh, takes place during the Great Depression in East Texas. Uh, It says here, Young Harry Crane discovers the mutilated body of a black woman that sets off a mystery involving rising violence and racism. Despite the efforts of law enforcement, the killing continues. Harry and his young sister, Thomasina fix their suspicions on a local horror legend, the Goat Man, who lives deep in the big thicket. Together they set out to solve the mystery of who the real killer was. So, I'm sure the movie's going to come out now in Ode to Him, no matter what. His partner will continue the work, yeah, because they both had a shared vision. They had to, yeah. yeah. Hopefully. But yeah, we do have some other news here. If you guys are Goosebumps fans, the readers in particular... Goosebumps is celebrating their 25 years with a brand new Slappy World book series. Slappy World? What yep. exactly does Slappy World mean? <clears throat> well, now? Slappy... Was that that, was that that haunted amusement Is it park? like Slapstick? No. Slappy was the character in Goosebumps. And how do I know this over you, by the way? I don't know. Uh, Slappy was the ventriloquist <laughs> dummy that was in control of everything. Oh, he was the guy oh, that could... Right. They yeah. did, like, four of those episodes. You know that? Right. But I'm just saying, he was one of the most... Um, Probably I- iconic. Iconic of yeah. the Goosebumps series. And he was in the movie, too, so as the head henchman. Anyway, so they're going to be coming out with a new book series where cool. Slappy is basically kind of like the Crypt Keeper, and he's telling the stories. Oh, that's oh, not... Oh, okay. that's pretty cool. See what I'm saying? Nice. Yeah. So that's coming out for all it. you cool. Goosebumps fans out there. There is a new Blu-ray release 
that's coming out. It was supposed to come out in December of 2016, but it is going to be the 1988 film Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and that's coming out in April. So it actually is really coming out. Um, that's, the, that's the one with the dog, and she, you know, inherits the house. It was kind of like small town. That she devil movie, in a way. Do you ever see that movie with Roseanne? Well, yeah, Roseanne Barr, I and uh, I have right. Oh wait, are you sure? I think you're thinking of the oh, wrong I've movie. Seen she devil. It's like, not, it's not she devil. It. I don't think. No, it's I'm saying it's called Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark. But it was like she devil. Okay, I was thinking of a different movie. I was thinking of the uh, death becomes her. No, yeah, not that movie. That's a fun movie though. Oh, it's really fun. Yeah, but yeah, that's coming out in April. I thought it was worth worth mentioning in the news. That's she's got the dog Algonquin, and it's all punk rock. Is it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So, ooh, Aliens Covenant trailer just came out. Boom! Oh, I loved it. So sweet. Um, you know what? Is it? Is it weird to say that I liked the trailer before it, even though it wasn't so much a trailer as it it was an introduction to the cast? No, and here's why. Part of the reason I think people like Aliens is there's two reasons. There's Alien, and then there's Aliens fans. Right. Okay? Some like that isolation factor. They want that small, closety kind of feel. Well, yeah, yeah. Other fans like to have that door kicked open... Buck wild fucking aliens everywhere, fucking crazy like aliens. So there's two very distinct types of aliens fans. And for all the other films, no offense to anybody, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. I mean, they're all good, but right. they're to me, if you're a real aliens fan or alien fan, you are definitely one or the other is your favorite movie. Alien is my favorite. Yeah, so a lot of people like that for the isolation factor, yep. and I think some people were looking towards Covenant to be this. It looked like they were going to meld the two worlds. I think so too, and I think that would be the smarter idea. Oh, for sure. Because the trailer that we've seen, guys, and we'll include the link below. The trailer that oh, we awesome. just watched Amazing. looked like it was out in the daylight, which we've never seen with an Aliens movie that right. I can remember, oh, except for Prometheus. Which they didn't technically have the alien. Yeah, yet. no. So this is right, the first a... time that we've seen the alien out Unless in daylight. Version. Yeah. Which is interesting. I gotta be honest, the Danny McBride thing is a little weird to me. I'm a little it's a little bit it's like it's like I'm drinking this delicious drink and there's like a turd floating around. And his Wait, are you calling Danny McBride a no, turd? Because okay. I don't think I could let that stand. <laughs> if he's a turd, he's one with corn because he's no. got some color to him. You know, I, he's a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let me be clear. I like Danny McBride. I really do. But does he belong in an Alien Covenant movie? That's my question. Just you like know Adrian I, Brody in the we, Predators movie. I don't know if it fit, really. really. I, I would prefer Brody over fucking... Yeah, that's true. Honestly. He's got the range. I think he'll pull it off. I think right. I'm, not, I'm not against you know? it. I'm just saying that it feels It'll a little weird. funky. That's, that's it's a, like when you feel a warm spot in the pool. That kind of goes back to you that new I mean? Goosebumps you have, movie. Like, second thoughts. You're like, should I be standing here? That's, yeah, did that's someone how just I, piss in the pool? That's how I felt about Jack Black in the new Goosebumps movie. And right. Then, and then I watched it, and I was like, wow, he did a great job. Because you're like, this guy's the most cuddly teddy bear in the world. He cannot be a creepy dude. Personally, I feel like in Covenant, like, I just it's just weird to me. Like, his parts that were in the trailer kind of stuck out. In the trailer itself? In the trailer itself. Wow, okay. I, I, I'd have huh. to say that, like, when I saw... I'm not sure if, if you call it a trailer or not, but when they were just showing introduce, introducing the cast and this them hanging out on the ship 
preparing to go into hypersleep. That was way better to me than this new trailer that just came out. Even though there was all shit moments in it that I was like, oh, fuck. Sure, well, that's because you like Alien. Right. And that, that trailer, that teaser, was tailored to Alien. It, probably. Yeah. yeah. This one was tailored to the Aliens fans. I just enjoy when they show the human condition more, about how they react to what's going on around right. them. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm putting all my chips on black, xenomorph black, <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure I'm going to, I hope I'm going to be happy. That's all I'm saying. And I'm actually one of the people that actually like Aliens vs. Predator 2, the Requiem. Requiem is great. I thought it was great. Oh, actually, yeah. I didn't mind the either one The story is them. absolute shit, but the amount of gore and fun in it it's is amazing. So oh, when I that love, girl gets pinned to the, the lockers. Fucking the amazing, fucking... dude. You were not right. expecting it. Oh, yeah. Nobody was. Oh. Last bit of news that we got here is Heather Langenkamp has never seen Elm Street remake and doesn't want to. I'm on the same boat as her. I don't... Okay, I'm just going to make this quick. I don't like the movie, but I love the dream sequences. I remember you saying this. That's all I like about it, and that's all I wanted to do is be back in those weird, fucked up, odd dream sequences. That's it. Well, we should maybe just real quick explain who that is. What? To the audience. Of oh, if you don't know who Heather Langenkamp is, she's the original protagonist in the Elm Street series. She made returns to the film. She's actually started her own movie studio and shit with her husband. And she came back. She was in New Nightmare, too. Yeah. Oh, which was a West great Craven movie. Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. So it, it's she's got a lot of say in some way. But this is her words... As to what she said, I can't let go of my own vision of Nightmare on Elm Street. I just don't want to. I don't want to see another person play Freddy Krueger. I don't want to see scenes that were that we worked really hard on be reimagined. I respect their reason for doing it, but I don't want to have it in my imagination or my mind. Those memories are precious to me. I was a teenager when I made the movie, so it's formative. My friendship with Robert England is so important to me that I don't need it. That being said, it, and this is from Bloody Disgusting as well, it says, Langenkamp did mention that sh- it would be a dream come true to play Nancy one more time, and she even dug a little bit into how that could perhaps happen. And this is what she said, quote, You see this in some of the other horror franchises, is that taking the universe of these stories... All the elements of the story that were created and picking something that was over here, not the main thrust of the story and expanding upon it. There's so much in the Nightmare on Elm Street realm that could still be explored. I would never say no to the option of doing something like that. It's a great universe and it's one of the most creative franchises. There's more to be made, I'm sure. So I agree with her. Not about seeing the movie. I saw it because I'm such a fan. I just want to be in that world any way I can. So it doesn't matter if it's shit or not. I just want to be reminded of how awesome it is. I'm the same as you as that aspect, almost. But when I don't see Robert England in the credits, it I discard it like it's trash. Right. Especially because I like I, I, I like I her. It. I hold that dear to my heart. It's one of the first horror movies I watched besides Chucky. Yeah. It's it's such a shame that the Blu-ray release of the compilation or the whole complete edition is one of the shittiest of all the franchises I out there. You talk, yeah, we talked about that earlier. They upscaled some of the movies. They like none of them fucking match across the board. Oh, this is a side note. 
mm-hmm. on the franchise, just to mention it because you mentioned the collection. Okay. Is the thirtieth anniversary of the part three, the Dream Warriors? I think you right. It just came out. There you go. On, Good, call. About it, but, Good call. Good yeah. call. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's so. been thirty years. It's the thirtieth anniversary of that fucking film. That's yep. crazy. Nightmare dude. on Elm Street three. I'm the fucking, Dream Warriors. I'm old as fuck right now. But anyway, guys, that's it for the news. So what we're going to do now is actually something that Derek has not even heard because he hasn't been able to listen recently, is our segment called Grave Plots. And if you want to um, find out what we're doing with that, you're going to find out here after this lead-in song that I created. Time for Grave Plots. My reach <laughs> goes beyond the grave. <laughs> all right. So, Derek, just to give you a heads up, and to all of our listeners, new and old, we are going to be doing Grave Plots. If you're not sure what this is, what we do is we make up a few names, or a bunch of names, really, and put them in on a piece of paper. We crumble it up into a ball, put it in a cup, because we're so cool. And then, <laughs> these are movie titles, by the way, we pull out of this cup or hat, whatever you want to call it. In those, we do have some surprise, what do they call it? Roulette trigger style shots. Yep, roulette shots. That you're going to have to take. You want to. So it's like a game. So yeah. it makes it more of a game than right. just pulling it, out names. The goal is to get drunk and make up the shittiest, weirdest fucking story. Right. Plots, characters, story, everything based off this thing. Now, if one of us wrote it, we don't say a word until both have added to the story before you. So right, that okay. that way it's not leading it. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Since you created the title, you right. don't lead the plot direction. Right. So we're going to go ahead and pick a name out of the cup. We're going to let you do the honors here, Derek. All right. Is Patrick going to serve gonna... it up here? Shake it up a little and let's see. And they got to hear it. Oh, yeah. There you go. We're so classy. We got it out of a blue and red party cup. All right. What is it, Derek? He's opening the paper. Crumple McCrinkles here. Let's see what we got here. Beyond and Beneath. Oh, that's one of mine. Is it? Nice. Beyond and Beneath. Discuss. Were you not supposed to say that it was one of Oh, yours? we have to discuss it. Yeah, what am I talking about? Sorry, yeah. Pat, you're out. Bro. Yeah, I'm out right now. Yeah. So what do you think when you hear the name Beyond and Beneath? I think of I hell. I was instantly thinking of Cthulhu, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. of hell. So where do we go with this? we got to kind of give some of the plot so that he doesn't have any so kind of... So we can go um, Beyond and Beneath. Right. You think, you think hell? I think of another dimension slash hell. Okay. So... What what Beyond kind of story do you think you could come up with? What with the Cthulhu? <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to. You want we want to pick something original, okay. something that nobody has so come not, up with. Not Cthulhu. It could be Beyond the Void, and it could be similar to Cthulhu, or sort of like it, but not the same. We got to make something original. 
That's the that's the the catch. You want to stay away from those classic tropes, is what right? You're saying. Well, you know, you can do the tropes. You just can't do specific ripoffs. So you don't want to plagiarize. Well, it's not plagiarism. It's the character in a different situation. Right. Well, then spitball with <clears throat> me here. Come on. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what we do with Cthulhu. But... <laughs> <laughs> what is? Okay. What's what's well, your story? Why there? don't we do this to give us a little bit of a head start? Since this is a, so, sh- the theme of the show is intended for kids, let's try something a little different, and we'll come up with sort of a story that's geared for kids, but not for adults. How about like a ghost story story? Oh man, I'm story, like... Where there's a couple different tales. Okay, continue. So it's beyond... So it's like, a, like an beyond anthology? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a lot yeah. of work. Then we gotta we gotta we, come up with one story. Oh, okay. Yeah, like coming up with like nine. <laughs> stories. I do like that idea, but no, yeah, it was just three. I don't think we have the time. It was just three, and they could be like spiritual stories. Like one's like a ghost story where they move into a new home and there's writing on the wall, and they find some sort of writing, and beneath the floorboard floorboard there's a uh, body murder weapon or a note. I think I this is what I think of, when and that's I hear just it. one of the tales. It, you know? it, taking what you did and then spinning it into something else that I think of, I think of what if a kid was buried under the floorboards of a house, and he was haunting this house, mm-hmm. at the very least. Would he be good, bad? Was he possessed when he died? I mean, what do we come up with, Patrick? Go ahead, kick it off. Dude, I like want to restructure everything. You well, guys. just tell us your idea. Maybe we'll okay. grab on it. So yeah, when you wrote the words, what were you thinking? Let's, well, let's I wasn't thinking story. anything. No? I was just kind of going beyond because we're beyond the veil. And I was like, I like the word beyond. Okay. And, and I was just trying to think of something to go with it, like B&B. What's another B word that can go with it? Because it will just roll off the tongue. But when you said, uh, so I'm not sure if it was you or you that said about the amusement park. But I kind of think of like. Did you say amusement park? No. I didn't say amusement park. Maybe no. Maybe that's what I just popped into my okay, head. Okay, so I, go right, ahead. So I'm thinking maybe he goes to amusement park and kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He goes on a boat ride, but it's like a different dimension. Hmm. Okay. So how I do they think, get on this okay. boat ride? That's or cool. it doesn't even necessarily need to be a boat, but let's just some kind of ride, some or sort of attraction. vessel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Land of the Lost. Ooh, Ooh. here's an idea. What if it's like a little bit, little bit, one yeah. of those spook house carnival but, but rides? Like more, and he goes into another world. But like terror world, like murder world. It's whatever the name is. Yeah, like, doesn't have to be specific. So, so it wouldn't be like weird, just weird. But that's shit. the vessel. Like, like that's Land the, of the boat. Lost. It'd be like for sure. It'd be like. Do you see what I'm saying land. though? Like, some kids go to a carnival. They go to this, you know, whatever. They call them spook houses. Yeah, yeah. That's where cool. you get in the cart, you maybe, ride on the maybe track. Maybe it's a portal to, portal to hell, you know? Right. Maybe, maybe they, they just, do something to open yeah. it up, or there's some kind of weird shit. I mean, we did watch right. one of these movies that's yeah, kind of similar yeah, to it. Yeah, it sounds similar to... But yeah. it doesn't have to be exactly <laughs> like that. It just has to be this ride. Right, right. Well, there has to be some cool. kind of linchpin at the beginning, right? Some kind of linchpin character that draws them in, and maybe is the antagonist throughout. Maybe it's the guy that is like greeting people to get exactly. on the spook house ride. Right. He doesn't have to be something wicked this way comes kind of guy like we're going to talk about, but he could be some sort of entryway, like Captain Spaulding. 
right maybe right. okay right. here here like since it's kid oriented what if this kid Land goes up and is just kind of looking at the front and he's like curious and the guy who like gets people in walks down he's like telling everybody he's getting people loaded in and he sees this kid off to the side not in the line He's like, today is your lucky day, my fellow boy. Maybe he puts him in the back cart, and somehow the back cart separates from the rest of the ride. You know what I mean? Falls behind into the other Yeah, while the rest of people are doing this rest of this ride, he yeah, falls into this other dimension. Yeah, and they come back safely, and they get out. They don't even know they've been to another realm, essentially. But his cart comes loose, so he winds up there. That would be cool. So it breaks off somehow? Right, like it's like yeah. a mechanism where the... The carts the unlock from each other, off, right? Like, literally, and and his cart. Okay, so continue. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, I would think like the scariest thing for me maybe something would be scares nothing into it. It'd be nothing visual. It'd be all audio and just black. What? I mean, there eventually be something, but I'm saying the beginning of it, there would be anything, and like maybe it plays off his own fears that create the world around him. I think of it this way: since it's intended for kids. Hmm. I almost feel like he should befriend someone like a skeleton that's in the thing, that's in the spook house. Okay. And somehow this 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 guy is kind of like um, the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland. Okay. In yeah. some sort huh. of weird, twisted way. And he's this scary skeleton kind of guy that kind of guides him into this new world that he slipped into accidentally somehow. You don't find out why right away. But he right. goes into this world, and this the skeleton, Mister whatever, what do we call him? Mister Bones. Mister, I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, Mister Bones. Bones, and he's got this weird, precarious, kind of childlike, playful way to, that he speaks about him. That he's carrying this kid into this world. But he should be like. Should be I like think his character should be off kilter, like kind of like uh, Willy Wonka. Well, oh. I want him to be scary, but right. not too scary. He should be whimsical. But dark at the same time. Right. Is he going to be like a like... clothed skeleton or like a zombie skeleton or just like a floating head? Like Maybe just like a typical kind of skeleton with like glowing red eyes. Okay. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, glowing Not that red glowing eyes. red eyes are typical, but I'm just saying. Like... I think it'd be, be uh, this is nitpicking, I'm sorry, but this black eyes, just plain, ordinary That's skull. what I was imagining, black eyes. Just deep sunken eyes? Yeah, just right. deep black. Okay, yeah. whatever. I mean, I just no want it to be scary-ish. I mean, when he gets mad, maybe then he could have something like that. You know what I mean? Well, maybe. Okay, so maybe right, now. Like now, what I'm wondering like is, is like, why this happened? Maybe some. He's got like this kid has this bad child life, like that he's living, and he goes to this. He he runs away to this carnival. And escapes his family, and there's like a lot of bad shit going on, and so that this skeleton guy is kind of like trying to teach him a lesson about how his life isn't as bad as he thinks it is. Do you know what I mean? And so he goes into this world, and it's like it teaches him that he misses his parents, sort of in the end. Like that's what I think of when I think of a kid's story, like a wonderful yeah. life. Something like that, yeah, right. but like more kid oriented, right? So that it's like really scary, you know what I mean? The Flight of the Navigator did that a lot too. Yeah, there you go. That's a good point. You're like so, you know, grateful to have your parents back because when you saw them last, you know, they were aging and almost dead, and like you know, to him when he's on this cart ride, it mm -hmm. all of a sudden drops and he goes beneath the the ground, sort of, right? And it's like this kind of tunnel, like lost. 
what is it, Land of the Lost? You Land know what of I mean? The Lost, yeah. Like yeah. he goes almost like he goes down this like fucking crazy ass fucking uh Indiana Giles and the Temple of Doom style fucking right, cart tunnel, ride, tunnel you know what I mean? Cart ride, yeah. Right. And like as he's screaming, the skeletons there screaming next to him, I think of, you know. But like, he's doing it like right, hauntingly. Like trying like to wake get up. him riled up. Not so much that he's scared, but he's just trying to scare him. Well, I think it would be funny if he's like the kids screaming. They're going down this like big and ramp. And Mr. Bones kind of wakes up. And he's up. screaming right next to him. And right, he looks the kid's to screaming him. and then he's screaming. Yeah, he looks yeah, at him and, and then, it's like this yeah. moment where they share. But at the same time, it's like he's just fucking with him. Right, like he's screaming into his ear or something. Right. I think this gives us some direction a little bit by keeping it that theme. Since yeah. we're doing kids, you know, inter- or uh, intended for kids, I should say. Yeah, I like how it fits the theme of the show and right. I think works, I, I think it would be kind of cool if like the skeleton had like fleshy bits on him, so that it was a little darker than like maybe he had like a complete sh- like shoulder blade with skin on it. Right, like the the, the like, like if you were to a flesh, like right. if you were visually to see this <laughs> skeleton, it would be scary just its own if it's moving and talking. But because he has sort of a whimsical kind of friendly nature to him, it's not as scary. So, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he'll look like a Halloween decoration that's that's come to life. Right. But with that's like exactly how I imagine it. Bloody, yeah. sort of fleshy kind of body. Because this is in this is one of those movies that shouldn't be for kids, but is. But it, it can't right. be flesh tone. It has to definitely be like green, blue, yeah, really yellowish. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has to be. Beyond reality, look more like leather than yeah flesh. So what? So where does he go? Like, where's the first place skeleton. that this kid goes? Well, maybe it should be like a sequence where he gets knocked out. Like maybe the trains get off the track and he's kind of like an aw shit moment, like where you were saying they were oh screaming. and they crash. And yeah, where like, he, well this kind of goes black. And next scene he wakes up on okay. the floor somewhere. Right. So what different. does he see? What does he first see? Like what kind of world does he see? Is it bright and colorful, dark and scary? Like I feel like it he should be dark. He wakes up and it's he wakes up and he's like on the sidewalk in this town and there's the streets lined with trees and it's like you know the picturesque American town like or Beaver whatever. Town or something. Right, exactly. And um, it's Halloween and there's jack lanterns and he's not sure what's going on, um, but uh, Mister Bones is there. And, um, like, coming to as well. And then so Mr. Bones starts to tell him where they are and what's going on, what he's seeing. And he learns that he's seeing, like, maybe what Alex was saying is that he's, like, seeing his fears. Like, this land that they're in reacts to your thoughts and produces, like, whatever terrifies you. And, like, he had some maybe experience on Halloween. No, no, I like that. I like, I actually like that he rolls into a fucking street or like sidewalk. I think that's cool. And yeah, maybe eventually some of his fears of becoming an adult or being a child or some sort of transition between the two, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe his his father died or maybe his mom died or something like that, that causes this sort of fracture in his mind. Like, why would a child feel, think anything else? But I, I kind of like this. It's like a fable, sort of. Right, right. Almost like uh, I'm a big fan of Clyde Barker's Thief of Always. That's exactly what I was and thinking, that's like dude. A great, that's a great so book. funny that yeah. you said that. I was literally going to say that. No joke. <laughs> that's awesome. What odd things are happening? So I think I think we should have some sort of wavering there, though. Like, 
Because Mr. Bones is going to tell him, like, why he's seeing what he's seeing. And maybe, like, he tries to control his thoughts and tries to, like, change the channel. But it's not, like, the world won't work that way or whatever, maybe. I like that, but I, I just, I'm just thinking of a segment or, like, a part where it's, like, he's, like, kind of wondering what's going on. And then the kid turns and sees Mr. Bones there in some form, whatever, it doesn't matter. Every now and then he pops up and then disappears. Like, I feel like that's kind of like him leading him right in through this world in a way. Like, he doesn't need to be em- omnipresent, like, all the time, like, constantly with him. I think he just needs to pop up intermittently. Yeah. It's almost like a part of his subconscious. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, a, a childlike embodiment of his fear. Right. And the way I'm seeing this alternate universe is like... Something's going to be askew. Like. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It's Everything's almost the same. So it's nighttime. Right. It's nighttime. But it'd be like a bizarro world. It's where always like, nighttime there. Right. There's never daytime. Yeah. Where things look similar, but they're different. Okay. So maybe he hears some characters. I don't know what they are, what they look like, or anything like that. He hears overhears some characters talking about some sort of like I don't want to say wizard, well, we but do, some sort of grandiose sort of like something that's in power of the world, right? We, that they're in. Are we doing Halloween now? Like it doesn't have on, to be Halloween. Okay, because I was gonna say well, I think that maybe that's just how his mind interprets it at first. Okay, because I was gonna say well maybe right. we'll see like trick or treaters, but they're monsters dressed up like humans. Oh, oh, this is good. That idea, yeah, they're. They're humans walking around, but in this particular part of the world, they dress up as humans right. for Halloween. Exactly. So it's like, it's a little different world. So at first he feels That'd kind of comfortable of and he's talking to them, but when they take off their skin, you know what I mean? Like somehow he befriends some of these characters, like these humans, and then he finds out that they're actually monsters. Right. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, some of the people are like, oh, I love your costume. And he doesn't really understand why. And then all of a sudden, there's like this reveal where people start taking off their costumes. It would be kind of scary, right? Yeah, just to see his skin flaps. Just right. Like, and it's like really fleshy. Like, I feel like it needs to be like kind of really greasy and fleshy. Like, 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 even the grease doesn't bother these monsters. Like, that's normal. Right. Because underneath... I like where this has just turned. This, yeah. is, this is amazing. Yeah, this <laughs> like is awesome. it, it needs to be fun, but also scary at the same time. Yeah. So childlike, but scary. So the monsters... I don't know to... if this is going to shatter the you know fragile egg eggshell mind of the child, you know? Oh, I hope a, it does. You know, to quote I hope Jim it, Morrison. I hope that this ruins my childhood <laughs> all over again. <laughs> Because this is how it got me here, right? You know? Yeah, hey, let's do it. Ooh. Ooh. I, 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 just, I like where it's going, though. Now I, do, I just thought know? of something. I, I survived. And I don't want to do this whole dream thing, but what if towards by the end of the movie you figure out that he's actually an old guy on his dying bed, Ooh. reliving his memories as a child and going over all the fears and failures that he had? And Gro- maybe Mr. Bone shows up. Right. And he's kind of like death. Yeah, and he's Usher. Like, at this point, he has his cloak. Right. And And by the end of the movie, you feel like he's in a hospital room next to his wife or husband or whatever. 
Wait, and, wait. This is this is pretty heavy content for a child. I don't know. But that's that's again, again, that's what intended for kids is, right? Right. It's a movie that should be out of the range of a child, but is brushing on adult topics of like thought and metaphysical and that's true. Yeah, we you know we what I mean. Kind of discussed that a little because bit we watched yeah. something before, and we'll talk about that later. That was not for kids, but it was really deep. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I like that it has that tone. I mean, do you do you like that or no? Is that too much? As a parent, like telling your kids about death is is a really difficult thing to do, and so I mean, this is fine because I mean, it does, you know, send it home. You know, I mean, like death is is death. I mean. Well, and that's the teeter. You can, you can, you know, think about going to heaven or whatever your belief, but, like, death is death. You're, that person's no longer with the group physically on this level. Right. And, and the child learns that. like, And that happens to all of us. Death is part of life. Well, and everything up until the end, you know, he is so a child. So he's experiencing it's, it's everything heavy, like a child. It's heavy, but it's nothing that a child can't digest It and could understand. be something as simple as this, Derek. His wife kisses him on the head. All of a sudden, he, like, falls in a pile of whatever, like, flowers, fucking skull flowers or something like that. And, and he then, goes back to that and realm. Then, and then he goes back to the real world where he's an old person, and someone just kisses him on the head and then white light. And maybe when he dies, he returns back to that realm as one of these other creatures. Right, there like you Mr. go. Bones. Like, maybe he falls and, like, falls into this pit. But dies in the real world, but in the, you know what I mean? Like right. he's dying, and when he dies, he shows back up, and everybody's happy, kind of like labyrinth. Exactly. That's yeah. Exactly what I was thinking. That's awesome. See what I'm saying? Like yeah. it doesn't have to be. It can allude to being death, but we can do it in a way that adults will get it, but kids won't. Right. Like that's. It needs to be that balance, in my opinion. Okay. I yeah, think I, I like that. I went way far ahead. <laughs> he did. But I think it helps kind of pave the road for where we're headed. So, he lands in this place. People were wearing human bodies, flesh bodies, right. as humans. And they could just be rubbery and slimy. They don't have to be gory and fucked up. They yeah. could just be rubbery and slimy. And that's yep. scary enough for a kid to go, what the fuck is happening right now? I don't think it yeah. should be rubbery and slimy until they take re- the reveal. That's what I'm know saying. Like, yeah, when they're oh, flopping fuck. it down. That's right. When, yeah, right. Exactly. Otherwise, it'll just be you know normal grease or whatever. You know? Right. It'll give it away right off right. the bat. So what it so so maybe he befriends some kids because I mean kids dress up, right? Right. Not necessarily the adults. Right, so the kids. kids would be out walking around in flesh people dressed as like different characters from the real world. Do you know what I mean? Right. And maybe he, this kid even has an alternate form that he doesn't even know about yet. Maybe. So who does he meet though? He meets what? Like a group of three kids? Right. Exactly. Maybe a group of three kids and they go on some adventures until they find out that they're monsters as well. Maybe they're, like, carrying buckets, right? Like we would in our world. But instead of candy, it's, like, maggots and, like... Like trash. Like, yeah, weird shit. Like, right. you would never Leaves eat. or something, yeah. You know what I mean? And so the kid starts to catch on to it subtly, rocks. you know? That'd be weird, yeah. That'd be cool. So like, he, like, he, like, runs up and befriends them because they're humans... He thinks it's weird that they're trick-or-treating as humans. Right, but they think he's a monster dressed <clears> up. But they think he's up. a monster dressed up as a right. human. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So how far do we go so till this reveal? Cool. Do we do half the movie before we go to the reveal? Or 
Does he just like go with them to like a school type place for the you know for the monsters or whatever? Like, well, a I gathering think maybe he place, joins a, with a them to go trick or treating, maybe a church or a community center, and then that's he. Other people, there's like a dance maybe, and he takes off his mask, and that's when you know that's maybe when, they try to find the zipper on him or something. You know what I mean? Like they're like, "Where's your zipper? This is a really good costume." Like, like I think as they're just like cool. walking down the street trick or treating, right? And I think that when he they reveal, he's shocked, and then they're like trying to. He's like afraid of them, and they're like, "What is wrong with you? Like, why are you freaking out?" Right. Like, like I don't want to say it's Halloween he's like, town what costume, but you know what I mean. Like it could be kind of like a perpetual Halloween in sort of a way. Like well, the- yeah, because he's on the fun ride, right? Right, and it could be maybe be some kind of Oktoberfest that their small town has or something, and like this carnival comes through every October, something. Maybe they have right. Halloween every week. And, and it's this like, alternate universe is what right. you're saying. Okay. And that's kind of like, it could be like their job. So it could be like a permanent fairgrounds, you know. Sort of. It doesn't even like have to a, be at a fairgrounds. A local, it could just be like local a... Local amusement park, if you will. So it's always there, or is it like a travel? Are you talking about thing? in reality, or... Yeah. In the the, the other world? Yeah, the location in, in reality. Is it a permanent location? No, like, it travels. Okay, so it's like carnival right. or... Um, we could maybe festival. S- fuck with that towards the end or something. Yeah, like maybe the ride's called Halloween Land or something. Or right, good, you know, good call. You know, something Halloween, something like that. Okay, so where do we go from here? So he meets three kids. We'll call them weird names. Like what? What? Some we- three weird names doesn't have to be good. Off the top, just so we can identify. It'd be like Ziggy, Chomp, and Bowie. There you go. <laughs> no, you can't do Ziggy and Bowie. Yeah, you can. No. Yes, you can. That's too much. We got nope. one. One. Hey, this bo- <laughs> is my childhood, and yeah, I will say whatever the fuck I want. He didn't get to oh, pick shit. one. All right, so I'm going with Bowie. Okay, one so Bowie, Bowie, Chomp. Luke. Luke? Yep. Really? Okay, so he's the odd one out. <laughs> like, maybe Luke is, like, the normal one of the group. What's the main character's name? Oh, so they all have nicknames? No, it's just their real names, but they have to be a little askew than different. So it's like there's Mr. Bones. That's normal to them in their world. So is Bowie or Chomp or... Ziggler. Okay, Ziggler. So Bowie, Chomp, and Ziggler. He meets... Who's the main character's name? Anything. Tyler. Tyler, sure. That can go any way. Right. This is the main character? Yeah, it's a boy. His name is Tyler. But anyway, so he meets these three kids out trick-or-treating. They're out and they kind of befriend him somehow, some fun way. And he goes out trick-or-treating with him. They're like, where's your basket? You know, like, where's your fucking bag? Right, you got a great costume. Yeah, like, great costume, man. I've never seen... That's pretty realistic. You must have a lot of candy. Where's your bag? Yeah, like, where's your bag? (laughs) Maybe they opened his mouth, like, where'd you get those teeth? Right, yeah. See, that's kind of cool. Okay. Right, right. What happens next, though? Goddamn, we've, like, kind of cornered ourselves so, here. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here's they need to, I'm... like, go somewhere communal where they're, like, relaxing or oh, kind of what if settling in. Bowie, Chomp, and Ziggler have a special spot that they go to get candy every week because it's a weekly event. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, up on this mountain. Oh, it's, like, a special... It's, like, a special spot, whatever it is. It's got to be a completely different atmosphere, though. And it's got to be creepy as fuck. Maybe they go to a cave. Maybe they go to, like, a hellish cave. You know what I mean? We need at least figure out an antagonist. Someone that's chasing these kids. Well, and maybe that's the main guy. The, the, the wizard sort of guy. 
that I was right. talking about. Mr. Bones is a guide, and right. then there's like, okay, a wizard. What does he want with the children? What is his motive? We need to be, we need to character build a little more. We just kind of rushed in. Well, Mr. Bones? No, no, the villain. What if he's like a scientist in their in the other world? Right. And he's like trying to break through to the real world? Ah. Uh. Do you see what I'm saying? He doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but maybe he's maybe this character, the wizard, the main villain is like an embodiment of all the negativity that this kid has built up through his whole life. Hmm. Do you see what right, I'm saying? Yeah. Loss, hate, sadness, all of that. It's right. like the, the, how it can poison your your life. Right. Your and body. so even like the semi-negative creatures that he meets and friends and everything, the monsters or whatever are afraid of him because he's just so evil. But he's trying to break through this other world because in his world he feels trapped here. So you're saying this world didn't exist before him. He pretty much essentially created this world without even knowing it. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't have to be that. I just think of, like, the main villain guy. That that would make sense if he's going to come back and wake (laughs) up. Almost like a Wizard of Oz or... And it could be, like, um, the cancer or whatever that's killing this guy. Right. It could be just, like, an amalgamation. It looks like a big mash of different shit. And maybe the... Maybe there's faces in it that he, you know, sees like maybe it's his father who puts him down. You know, people have picked on him in the past. Right. Bullies, you know? whatever. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, what would we call this guy? Like, I fi- I think of him as like pure chaos and discovery. Emalgamous. Mm, that's a little too. What about like K-or? K-or? Yeah. K-or. Hmm. Think of memory man, the wizard of other, you know what I mean? Like Kaor, I don't know. I like it. Kaor, the wizard of other. Like, what is another word we could come up with that's not wizard? Maybe it's just Kaor the. Maybe Kaor the creator of other, or it could just be Kaor the creator. Kaor the creator, sure. So maybe this is like their god in some way, but he's more physical than some sort of like celestial being. It's like a demigod, yeah. Right. Like, he somehow... It's almost like... I'm thinking, like, Cool World meets, like, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, somehow, there's this main guy that's trying to crack through to the other dimension, which is the world that he comes from. And he catches wind somehow that this is where he this guy comes from. And they're like, how do you get your costume off? I don't understand. What are you doing? It may be the only way out of their dimension is through this kid's head. So he tries to hook him up to some machine. Right. Do you know what I mean? To enter his brain. So he befriends these three kids, Bowie, Chomp, and Ziggler. Tyler is the name of the main character, and he'll be Tyler the Great by the end of the movie somehow. Right. Almost like Wizard of Oz meets Nightmare Before Christmas meets Cool World. All this shit. You know, I'm like, I'm just thinking out of the box here. So they go to this special spot to get the best Halloween candy. And somehow they stumble along one of his henchmen or him, Kaor. You know, I maybe, like that. Oh, wait, go ahead, Derek. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, maybe maybe Kaor, like, runs the, the candy store. You know, maybe it's it's like... Like it's Kaor Candy. Like, he's like... Yeah. It's like a big corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or the, the slug and 
worms and whatever factory that they create there. Right. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not candy, bars. but it's candy yeah. to them. They call yeah. it, like, noms or whatever the fuck. Nom, 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 nom. So he works at the nom factory. I mean, how many buddies are going to be there? Because we already have, like, Scully and then... Well, Mr. Mr. Bones, Bones just comes in every once in a while. Yeah, right. As a guide. So he's, like... He's, like, the he's usher for Mr. death. Mr. Bones, but he's not always... Right. Okay. And then you got the... Or maybe the, whatever he manifests into, like, becomes, like, skull-looking. Oh. Uh, maybe he's, like, the guy that's supposed to help you come to terms with dying. Like your consciousness? Like, let it go. Like, Mr. Bones is really just the you usher for death. So that you mentally can let go. Right. Everything, everything your work here has done, everything that you've done or has been in your life... Right. Is is complete. There's he's no like the helper of memories. Or, yeah. He's the helper of like negativity. Like he's not good or bad necessarily. He's he's a good natured character to him, but he's like you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ultimately he's his job is to make you feel comfortable about dying. Yeah, to make you come to terms of right. what's happening. Almost right. like sixth sense. Yeah. So we're taking all kinds of shit here, but so on the way to this place to get the candy Maybe there's a scary place that they go to, to have, that, that they have to walk through that's scary to Tyler, but not the three kids. Like, what can we throw in there that mirrors his real life and his failures and stuff? Maybe some of the, maybe those three friends end up dying on the journey to Kaor or whatever. And maybe those friends represent wow. his friends in the real world. Or family members or whatever. Right. Things, his failures in his life. Maybe they represent each and every one of those. Like, maybe one of those can be, like, a pet or something that he lost it. Maybe this character doesn't really have words, but is very animated. Or things that he tried to do. Right. Just, it could be an embodiment of, like, his failure of success. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, that gets really deep, but I'm just saying, like, you can do it in a way that's childlike so that they're not, you know, confused. And you just give them characteristics. Like maybe Bowie is like the musician and he tried to be a musician when he was like 18 or something like that. Maybe Chomp is like a salesman where he gave up on his on his uh, career as a musician and wanted to be a salesman. So he's got a lot of bite and he's always like telling people what to do or something like that. And then maybe fucking Ziggler is like the guy that's like, you know what I mean? Like just different stages of his life. Right. Like I kind of like that. Maybe Ziggler so is like the kid like or just piecemeal through the through the motion picture. Maybe. Well each maybe each character dies off in the order of his life until he gets to the end where Kaor is technically the the gates of death and and Mr. Bones, he finds out Mr. Bones is actually working for Kaor. So it would be like you're saying Ziggler oh, wow. would maybe be like Do his... you see what I'm saying? Okay. So we'll make Mr. Bones that character. Yeah, he's the hoggle guy, maybe. Okay. I gotcha. And you're saying each one of these is a different period of his life. Right. Right. But it would go in order. So, you know, maybe it's four characters. Like, fuck, I don't know. Like, we could have four different segments of his life up into 80 years old. Well, no, you don't need to do that because he's in the world. So he can be that fourth character. You know what I mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. So he's the loving, caring, this is my wife. He's the embodiment of all these characters. Right. Right. And when they die... It's him feeling like his failures have left him and people that have, he's wronged or whatever. They end up dying in these brutal ways, kind of. 
Like maybe they go through the swamp or this fiery swamp and they go to the swamp and one of the one of the, the three friends gets swallowed up and he has a choice to try to save them somehow, but he can't. So he has to come to terms with the fact that he did everything he could. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this brutal. is deep. Yeah. Like, this is deep as fuck, yeah. right? Whoa. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's pretty heavy for a little mind. But that's what I'm saying. But if you do it in a childlike way, it can be guy. It can be an adult movie guised as a child flick. Right. Yeah. Because that's something that grows with you as you get older. Right. I mean, Mark Twain had yeah, these kind of stories. So, I mean, why not? Inner, inner meetings that you never saw before as an adult. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's get to some of these kills. We got to start killing off some of these. Uh... Okay, so the first yeah, one dies so... in the swamp. We'll call it the fiery swamp. What happens? How does it happen? Like, what are the characteristics of each one? So the first one is the, the musician, Bowie. I'm uh, thinking, like, maybe, like, little cute creatures that aren't so intimidating at first, and all of a sudden they, you know, maybe their mouths get huge and their teeth get long, and then they just Maybe they're eating. like fangirls or fanboys. Right. And they're, like, really nice to that character at first, but they end up swallowing him. Exactly. I just imagine these little cute, cuddly, like, smurf creatures that just turn demonic. And what if they're, like, like, the Max creatures? Oh, yeah, like, the, they look oh, like mousers. chompy things? Yeah, yeah, the little chompy things. Yeah. I always <laughs> right? thought they looked like mousers. Uh, but they're, like, super, they, they, like they follow too. them around on this path to the first part. The Like, does it have to be, does it matter if it's a swamp? I mean, it doesn't matter where it's at. Yeah, I don't want to get too particular. Like, right. some things we can, but... No, it could be in the swamp. Maybe they're like they're chasing after them because they're like they were following the whole way, and they started crossing the swamp, and they started swimming. And so they think they're benevolent. They're not like angry or mean or anything, and they're just kind of sweet and nice. But then they realize that they have teeth, sort of thing. Right. If they're in a boat or something, and they're using like the rose, like maybe they get eaten by these characters. Wouldn't it be cool if they like it left a trail of not blood? But like a different color type Right, thing. like maybe neon green or right. whatever. Whatever it is. Right. Like the Predator. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess you're right. Huh? It doesn't have to be green, but it, I don't know, purple. We'll just call right. it purple. So like there's a trail of, of like neon purple. And he goes to chase after him, but he can't hear him. And you can just hear the little fucking things like... Yeah, yeah, and then off into the darkness of, of the swamp. Or and so the other two characters... Yeah. Uh, there's Chomp and Ziggler still left mm-hmm. and they're scared and they're trying to like help Tyler not be afraid and stuff like that. They're all helping each other out. So they go to the next spot. Where's the next place? Where's the next setting? Where where would Ziggler's character be? What do we we figured out Chomp was a salesman? What would your character be? Um I don't know I don't know. What was Ziggler? <laughs> so Chomp is like the business guy. He's like the serious guy. So maybe I'm thinking maybe so. Bowie would be the fun, outgoing, right, crazy type. Chomp would maybe be the Ziggler, fucking Ziggler's like the middle middle of the road character who's not too crazy, but maybe he's maybe he's a little clumsy, kind of goofy. There you go. That's maybe good. Ziggler, right? You know? Maybe die of his own accord, kind of thing, like an accident. Right. Right. Okay. So Chomp dies first, though, because he, Chomp is an embodiment of him trying to be adult. Do you see what I'm saying? Wouldn't you want to say get that for the regular last? corporation job, try to excel because the the band thing didn't work out, and now he's just trying to be. You just see what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Say he sold in 
or like bought in or whatever. He sold out. He sold out, bought in, yeah. whatever he did. He did that first. And then yes. after that, Ziggler would be like the, like he basically, he doesn't care about life anymore. And well, that's maybe, why, maybe he, maybe Ziggler maybe is like the midlife or, crisis. Oh, okay. Right. So he's the goofy one because you got to have the fun one, right? That's last. Yeah. And then he dies because you connect with Ziggler more than any of the other characters. Right. What was the name of the corporation they were going to get this candy? K or Co. K or Co. Like maybe he works for them. I don't know about that. And that's like he has a pencil pushing job. Maybe the factory is just the factory in the sky. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just, before we jump there, let's, so Chomp is the embodiment of being a sales, giving up on your dreams, and just doing the regular nine to five to fit the Settling, adult world. Pretty much. Okay, so yeah. so they go to this forest. Or maybe the trees, instead of branches and leaves, it, it kind of looks like intestine. Like, or testicles. Or, <laughs> or testicles. <laughs> no, not testicles. I mean, tentacles. <laughs> if you want I wanted right. to see some testicles. Just We're getting at least a PG-13 now. Yeah. Well, don't worry about the kid thing. We can do it in a way that won't be. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you do intestines or something like that, you don't have to make so, it so, like, oh, that's intestines. It's fleshy. It it's a tree with vines fleshy. that are fleshy. Okay, so Chomp is all about trying to figure out how to get through this forest to get to the, to the best candy spot. He's trying to control the situation. He's no fun. He's always like serious and trying to take charge and everything like that. That's his character. Should we have him like pretend like we we go to the scene and it opens up and he's he's in charge because he thinks he knows where there's this. Path, well, everybody trusts in him he because gets, he's so go getter. Right, and he well, and the, and they trust him because he thinks he knows where he's going. But he he leads them to somewhere where he thinks there's a path through the woods. But and he tries no to path, bullshit his way. There's through. no path there. Right. Yeah, and so he's like, yeah, let's just. Let's just go through. He doesn't even tell anyone. He doesn't even hesitate. He's just like he kind of. You can see as the audience that he hesitates, but the, the you know his team or his you know the the other. Um, well, you catch on that he doesn't. Be? It, there'd only be just one other person, right? Um, the main character. Yeah, Tyler and Ziggler and Tyler, Chomp. Yeah. So maybe Chomp is like, "Yeah, I got it. We'll take care of it." And he walks into the organs, and the organ trees somehow drag him into the tree. Or something like that, and they try to save him, but they have to let him go at some point, or they'll get dragged in. Yeah, that could work. Like the like the forest is alive. Right, it's like a moving organ tree sort of thing, tentacle sort of whatever. Oh, like a man eating tree of some right. sort. Right, but it's like tentacles. organs almost. But you don't they don't you don't have to allude to that. You just allude to it. I'm saying. Kind of like the thing or somewhere. Yeah, just it like... just. So he leads them in there, and everybody trusts in him because it's like he's the go getter, right? The yeah. Bowie was kind of the cocky guy who's the cool guy, right? And everybody was like, thought he was cool, but he ends up dying, getting taken off because he's got all these fan things, whatever. So then the kid, or so, so then Chomp goes into the forest where the organs are and he gets sucked into a tree and they can't save him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Ziggler is left. Where does now? Where does Ziggler die? What does he? Since he's the embodiment of, of like, uh, what is it called? A midlife crisis. Yep, midlife crisis. So uh, Ziggler. He's the wild guy. Yep, the wild guy. So he. Um, I don't know where should they go. They maybe maybe the, now they go to the cemetery. That's where like the showdown is, and um, it's like the spot before they get to the K Orco. K Orco candy store. 
It's the graveyard, and you know maybe there's an open grave. Maybe each of the graves like, have a hand uh, that's like a tree, like a rake in the bottom or something. I don't know. Like he he, we don't need to know what happens, but basically he falls into a grave and doesn't come back up. I don't know. I think it'd be cool if you had like hands coming out of the graves, but they were like trees. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's creepy, but it's not too creepy. Like just for aesthetics and yeah, in the just cemetery. for aesthetics. Yeah, I'm just painting the picture. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. So what? So what happens to Ziggler? How does he die? Maybe he hears like a singing in the woods, a woman's voice. Right. So he goes chasing and after. He it. goes after that. Yeah. Right. What if the siren? You know those creatures in the in the sea that have the glowing red ball in the front. Right. What if it's like this beautiful thing? And it's singing to him and calling him. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to go with. Do you see what I'm saying? And then then, then the tongue comes out of the mouth, grabs Ziggler, and pulls him into this hole and swallows him. But you don't see any gore. So maybe it's like a temporary thing, and then... That's an anglerfish, by the way. Anglerfish, thank you. Nice. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be cooler than him just, yeah. Like, he's fascinated by it, but Tyler somehow knows that this is wrong. Like, there's something... So this siren is like, like you're saying, the glowing ball on the end of right. her tentacle and there's a there's a face attached to the rest of it right and it could be this pretty thing that he's just like captured by because he wants to be youthful again right right i like that it's just you know little tropes here and there i think would be yeah. kind of cool so he gets eaten do you like that or yeah yeah that's better yeah there's less drama and yeah it cleans it up nicely so i think tyler feels at there's, this point he's no, just ready know, to give up happened. at this point right Here's my thought, is that because now he's lost all his friends, he's given up hope. And guess who shows up again? Mr. Bones. Who somehow pushes him up, builds him up to get to the fact the candy store in the sky. Okay. Do you okay. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, ultimately, what he's doing is, is preparing him to get to the next world. So it's almost like three layers of life. Right. And it's perfect too. That there's three characters because there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right, and then yeah. and then the final end. Right. So he makes it to the candy store and he has to fight the Kor guy at the Kor Co. And maybe Kate, the that guy is maybe an embodiment of his real life boss who maybe kept him down, or maybe it was the death of his wife or something. Or- okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. that was the the darkest part of his life, and Kr represents that. And maybe we don't, I don't know. Give that's him... that's again getting into like some adult themes because right. like, that's kid, what we're doing. But a kid's not going to have that deep connection or know of that. But he's deep not a connection kid. Of, but it's a kid's movie, so we're trying to. So like... yeah, but all they'll see in their mind is that he's fighting a bad guy. They don't have to know why he's fighting him. Again, we're making a movie for kids and adults. You can do it in a way that they kids will never know. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it can yeah. be... Yeah. Because it's intended for kids. It's dark. But it's fable enough and kid-like enough that, you know... You know, disguised as regular, you know, child oh, yeah. humor. Like, And we're bringing all of them back anyway, and, in the end and anyway, because it's kind of like the end of Labyrinth. Right. So it's not like they really died. So we're kind of riding that right. line... Real quick, why why is he still going to Kaor when he doesn't even like the candy there? 
Like, he's not one of them. Well, we can change that. It doesn't really matter. And, he, and maybe it's just now he's on the quest, and Bones, Mr. Bones is like, well, you can't give up now. Or maybe Kaor is like the Wizard of you know Wizard of Oz, where he's probably he the He wants one. to get back home. Right. Maybe that's what it is, because he has the power. So they allude to the fact that Kaor has the power, and he could create you back home. Right. Right, because they're friends, and they're talking, and he's like, yeah, I'm lost. Right. He's like, you know, where's your where's your group or whatever? There you go. See? Like, Easy lost. solution. Boom. Like Done. It. Like it. So, mis- so Mr. Bones shows good. up again, and he's, of title, course, again, ushering things. him into death, but in a friendly manner. So he pushes him and convinces him to make it to the... He's like, you want to get home, don't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to make it home. But really, it's like the end of the, his life. Like you, like him saying, "You, you got to make it home." Is me kind of like you need to come to terms, right, with what's happening. So maybe Kaor, they have this. They're about to have this big battle and it's this big thing, and the kid Tyler runs up to hug him instead. Okay. So instead of actually fighting against the negativity, he gives in by accepting it. Ah. Uh-huh. You see what I'm uh-huh. saying? So he embraces, literally physically embraces the negativity to accept it. And that's when he snaps back to reality as an old man. And his family's all around him. And then he goes back to the world as a kid again with all of his friends at a party or something. Right. Maybe it's like the Halloween party that they showed up to at the very beginning. Right. He met all these kids or these monsters. And he misses all of them because they're all a part of his life. Right. You see what I'm saying? No, that's good. Nice. I think it's good. I think yeah, it's really it fucking... Nicely. And I think it's good enough for kids, because we could do it in a way that it will like, it'll be uh, deep enough that they won't get it, but they'll understand the basics of it, that he's just progressing to win, and love wins in the end kind of thing. But to, to adults, there's a way deeper meaning to it. Right, right. Yeah. I like. I think this is great. It's great. Yeah. Like, I, I really didn't think it was going to unfold like this. Either did I. <laughs> I literally had no idea where so, it was going to so, go. So, okay. So, what's the, the end scene? We got to just do the end scene real quick, and then we'll come up with the tagline, and that will be beyond and beneath. Right. So, is it just him in a hospital bed with all his family kissing him, or are these even in a hospital bed? Maybe maybe you'll just hear the the like heart monitor going off in the background as he's hugging his family. Like him hugging the Kaor would actually be him hugging his family. Right, you start to hear the the heart monitor as he's hugging Kaor. Right. And you don't necess- you don't necessarily see him on his deathbed, quote unquote. But you it alludes to it. Right. You don't have to flatline, but you can do the beeps to just send it that way. Yeah, and just be like, beep, beep, beep. The heartbeat comes back, but almost like in such a way where it creates a beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, like really erratic. Right, until it creates like a party beat, and then like he just, he's in the party all of a sudden. And like he sees it all the It goes to friends. the beat of the music? Right, right. Ooh, interesting idea. So, so, okay. So here's the beat. He shows back. So the guy, the old man, says goodbye to his friend. Maybe he just waves. He hugs his family and he's like, I'll see you later. And you don't really understand. The kids won't know why. They're like, why is this old man all of a sudden saying goodbye to all these people I've never seen before? 
right waves goodbye yeah. and then it flashes white and then all of a sudden the kid's like wakes up and is he is he at a party or is he back on the street where he landed when Mr. Bones and him Maybe t- he lands on the same street but it's outside the house there's the big party you know what I mean Right and then one of the one of his friends is like like chomp or one of them is like hey what are you doing out here we're having a party inside man Right <laughs> and then like he goes in and or not maybe he doesn't even go in maybe all of his three friends are out there and he just like he's just like oh my god I thought you guys died and they're like what are you talking about Dude, are you going to have fun with this or what? And it's like he hugs them and he's just happy and they walk in the house and then it's just the music. Yeah. Like you don't even see the party. You just like he goes into the the bright door. Yeah. Like, see what it, I'm saying? like the door opens and all is just like maybe it's just a bright, white light. Like, maybe not white. I'd like to go more retro with like pink or whatever. Right. Sure. It doesn't matter. Purple, whether. pink, green. It doesn't matter. Whatever. This is all in my head. Party lights. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. I think that's pretty good. Pretty good. Round of applause. Yeah, I think that's pretty fucking deep. That is. That's, that's some really deep. seriously yeah. deep shit right there. Yeah. For uh, definitely for kids, maybe not for adults, but yeah. I think I think people seeing the the connections, it's something that could have a lasting effect as a movie, right? Right. As a child, like, nostalgically. Yeah. And then as an adult, nostalgically over your own personal life. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, as an adult, you connect with it because it's... Saying goodbye to real like life, basically. Yes. Yeah, Appreciate real. everything that you have. It's keeping it real. Right. So what is the tagline? What are we going to call it? Jacob's Ladder 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got to be something kind of like... That's not a tagline. Kind of deep, but whimsical and fun. <laughs> Something about the ride, because he went into the spook house. Yeah, you want to elude the ride. Yeah, you don't want to like expose the whole fucking story. You yeah. just want to be like, like life is a ride. Yeah, hang on. Or... The only ride you'll ever take. It's got to be f- a little yeah. more fun because yeah. the name is kind of dark right. as it is. Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah, you definitely want it to be fun because otherwise you won't draw on the kids and you don't want Yeah, to exactly. Serious. Like, you're going to fucking die, you piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah. We're all dead, you son of a bitch. Hug your parents, Good you luck. little fucker, because it's dying time. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> it's dying. You little fucker. <laughs> so what? Don't make me turn uh, this card around. <laughs> Maybe it's just life is the wildest ride. You don't want to say life, though, because then it kind of alludes to the storyline a little bit more and kind of gives it away. The most amazing ride you'll ever take. Come take the most amazing ride. Yeah. Come take the most amazing ride. Yeah, I like that. That's a good horror horror tagline. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got it. Because you don't know what way you can go. All right. Put it in the docket. We'll get that out. Yeah, so uh, if you guys are listening to this and you're trying to borrow from our story, we're going to sue the fuck out of you because we got... We got proof. <laughs> Watch Pixar comes out with this very soon. Right? Well, that was it for Grave Plots, guys. Thank you, Derek, for being a part of that. Did you enjoy it? That was great. Yeah, good and times. Did you have fun, man? It was. It was awesome. It's nice yeah, to have a, a little creative exercise sometimes, man. Uh, but yeah, that was it for Grave Plots, guys. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to delve into the world of intended for kids movies of our flesh and potatoes. And we're gonna do that right now. 
right, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the intended for kids theme, which we've picked out quite a few different things and not just movies this time. No. What, there is a movie called The Adventures of Mark Twain, and it is a, uh, it's kind of like a claymation for adults, but also for kids. Like, I believe that they wanted to get a PG or PG-13 rating for this, because if you guys aren't aware, Mark Twain would write these wonderful kids' stories, right? But he also had this dark, kind of, like, really deep side to him that a lot of people don't know. And in this movie, there is one of his stories that he called The Mysterious Stranger. And if you haven't read this, it's fucking dark as fuck, dude. Like, it's really dark. So I thought, you know, why not show him that little cut from that fucking movie? It's like five and a half minutes long. And what'd you guys think of that? Very unique, creepy, ominous. Very interesting look into the backside of Mark Twain's brain. I, I don't know where he's getting the information or, or the character, but it was a very interesting, I think interesting it's just persona a, right. that he had in the story. Well, the the claymation actually came out in 1985, so it's it was a it was a different time. So while the, all the stories were mostly pretty positive, and this was like that, you have just entered the Twilight Zone, right? Like I don't know how to explain it, but. Yeah, they take the elevator in the beginning, and the angel Lucifer, or actually it says Satan, right? It, yeah. Well, yeah, he is an angel, though. Right, He's a fallen right. angel. Right, but it says angel Satan, I believe, right? Not Lucifer. It doesn't say Lucifer. It says Satan, and I don't know. It's kind of a weird world. It reminded me of, like, Toe Jam and Earl's Floating Islands. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, I definitely can see that. And, and, yeah, so they're, like, floating on this little grassy patch in the void and talking to this ominous character with a masquerade mask for a face right and like like fucking uh what is it like uh samurai armor or some shit yeah um it was directed by will vinton and he had done a lot of different claymation stuff in the past before that because claymation was pretty big in the 80s yeah one of the first like claymations i latched on what was it uh that michael jackson video was it leave me alone he's in a boat ride then he goes into this like roller coaster and Mm-hmm. It like does a bunch of numerous stuff. It's I've really never cool. seen that. You no, know, watch it, dude. I think it's Leave Me Alone. It's really good. Hmm. But this this particular movie, The Adventures of Mark Twain, where this segment, like I said, it's only about five and a half minutes, and we'll include the link below so that you guys can check it out. But you gotta watch it. It's fucking creepy as fuck. Literally, it's about a creature or say angel or like not benevolent. It's more. Uh, he's not good or bad. He just yeah, is. Just he's is right. Yeah. yeah, he's just like omnipotent. Right, but the, it's like creator the, of life. He like he they make these clay or sand creatures, and then he brings them to life, and then they start squabbling like, right. and and well, they being, all create being petty because they're they're not you know they have scarcity, and so it's kind of like a a mock of of humanity and what you know God has given us, and then. Or, you know, in this particular case is, is Satan and, and, you know, God gets fed up of the squabbling and, uh, and of our, our not just being happy, smashes us down and destroys then, everything. <clears throat> right. And there's the children in the video. And so they're like sort of learning some sort of lesson from this. I'm well, yeah, sure because he's like, here, you can make the people. And then so they make these like clay figure things. Right. 
yeah in the thing and then they're like all happy it's a happy moment they're eating fruit that he made magically appear what's your favorite fruit uh apples oranges grapes and so they appear and they just start eating him and then they're like making these creatures while they're eating him like these people he's like i'll make the queen i'll make the king and then fucking satan just rains down on them for arguing over a fucking bull he's like humans are such a wasted lot you know, blah, blah, blah. And he just smashes him and then causes like a fucking thunderstorm and a fucking earthquake that swallows every living thing up. And there's like yeah. all these like destroyed creatures that were struck by lightning. It's just kind That's of intense. brutal. Yeah. And then, it's, and then it's heavy material for a child. Yeah. It's like, and then he's like, you just, you just murdered them. He's like, people are of no value. We could make more sometime if we need them. And they're like, I'm out of here. He's like, life itself is only a vision, a dream. Nothing exists save empty space and you. And you are but a thought. What the fuck? Right. It gives me chills just thinking about it because it's like so deep. It's almost like the story we just made up. Right, right. Like, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like. It's PG in a way. It's like something you'd think Poe would have written as opposed to Twain. You know, it's like, whoa. Exactly. This is, this is crazy. That's yeah. a good right. way of putting it. If you guys want to check that out, the link's below. Um, to move along, though, we decided that we would also kind of traipse through some of the TV shows that were maybe a little younger for me, but somewhere in between my age and like younger than these guys. Uh, but we picked a couple of fucking shows that we thought were pretty good. And um, one of them happens to be Goosebumps. And the other one was Afraid, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, yeah. Two shows that always had sort of a theme about it that borrowed from a lot of different other movies. Oh, for sure. A lot of different stories, at least. Some sort of, like, moral to the story, usually. But it was sometimes kind of scary. And Pat decided to pick out one for Goosebumps. You want to tell us about that? I picked out uh, The Girl Who Cried Monster. When did this come out? I think The Girl Who Cried Monster came out in 95, but I'm not exactly sure. Okay. was that, I think it was in the first or second season? Maybe it third? was in the first season. I don't think it was the first season. Maybe it was the second. I don't know. But essentially it's about this, this girl who tells fibs. It's like the girl or the boy who cried wolf. She's constantly making up these stories about monsters. Fucking with her sisters and brothers. Right. Pretty much the epitome of me. Right. <laughs> right, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, so she finally goes to, she goes to the library every day and gets a book to read and um, has a back and forth with the uh, librarian there. Right. And um, she leaves one day, but she forgets her book bag. She comes back in. And then realizes that the librarian is no ordinary librarian, but a monster. Right. And so she runs back and tells her family about this, and no one believes her. Later on, she goes to get proof, and she does the same thing she did before. She like kind of does that fake walk out and slams the door and waits for him to go do his thing. Mm-hmm. Takes a picture and runs back home to show her family. What's the guy's name that, that plays the librarian? Derek, I think, was looking that up. Oh, he was. Yeah, Eugene Lipinski. Yeah, what he's, was he in? He's in a lot of great flicks. Uh, Leviathan was like one notable horror flick. Uh, Outland. 
Um, Unseen. He did an episode of Arrow. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I think, is right. one that uh, Patrick recognized. He was actually an octopusy, actually, which was fun. You know, really? <laughs> he was creepy. He was yeah. definitely and, creepy. And also in Bless the Child. He's probably like not the main stars or anything like that, but he's just definitely like creepy. a character actor. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. a character actor. Yeah, you can, you can. Yeah, yeah, you get the gist of that. But like, he was like eating crickets and shit. Oh, dude! When she saw him in the in the library, yeah, like like, ringworms. And once he starts eating, he just goes monster. Yeah, and he's like real like sexual eating it. Yeah, he like really enjoys. Like he's like talking to his prey. Yeah, and even the practical effects they did alone was by far the the, probably some of the most scary shit I've seen on any kids like television. It was pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was cool. The subtle hints of the Frankenstein. She was reading Frankenstein, right? And, and he, was, the librarian, was curious of how she felt to like about right. the monster. How, how did the monster feel? Right. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if we're really ruining anything for anybody, but the twist at the end was kind of unexpected. It's right. like she was trying to claim that there was a monster. Her family didn't believe her because they were the they didn't just think it was just ridiculous. But by the end of the movie, the parents kind of invite him into the house and like befriend him and stuff. And it's like this whole cat and mouse like sort of play between the girl and her little brother who believes her and her parents who pretend to not believe her. And what happens? The teacher comes over and they sit him down and then he kind of asks, what's for dinner? And they turn around and they're like, you. And then all of a sudden they just, they're fangs come out of their mouth and they turn into these like snake creatures right and pretty much devour him yeah they don't really show it it's kind of a weird like but yeah i mean it was like kind of cool it reminded it it makes the makeup was really good the practical makeup and then like um it was pretty good watching goosebumps makes me want to go back and watch like i already have the tales from the dark side collection but i also want to watch monsters like, Monsters was kind of in that vein, but a little more adult. Right. And I just, I don't know. Like, I, I've seen them so many times. Like, I've watched them over and over and over. But it just makes me want to go back and watch that shit. Out of curiosity, why do you think that some of these things, like Goosebumps and The the Mysterious Stranger, and things are, like, bordering that line between adult and childhood? Is it that they're trying to gravitate towards both sides and they kind of try to meet somewhere in the middle and it's kind of like too dark for kids but kind of too childish for adults in a way it's like they're trying to hit that sweet spot right right and i think goosebumps is probably a little more catered to kids yeah but i will say that i mean that one we watched is yeah the imagery was definitely pretty freaky if i was a kid and i was watching that late at night by myself i'd be freaked out yeah. It's a little advanced. Another movie that, or another episode that we watched, not from Goosebumps this time, but was of Are You Afraid of the Dark? An episode, Ooh, Tale yeah. of the Ghastly Grinner. Exactly. Yeah, so um, Goosebumps, the the episode we watched was out in 95, and then this one was out in 94. So it was actually before. So this one was before. Yeah. So are, are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, was... I remember that series actually came out first as right well. that's yeah. what i was wondering was older series but yeah. i bet she was totally an homage to ghost goosebumps it could have been for because sure. the books were out way early oh yeah right the books were out at the same time as are you afraid of the dark right they were then, it was already out. They did the show yeah it made enough yeah. money that it was popular kind of like how harry potter it would be 
Right. You know, it like was a book and then everybody loved it. So then they were like, let's make a movie or whatever. But this was like, let's make a TV show. Yeah, it was even more, you know, when they when they went forward with it, I'm sure they were even more sure that they would be, you know, a benefit as far as their return on investment because Are You Afraid of the Dark was so popular. I mean, that was a hugely popular show. I remember BSing with kids, you know, at school and elementary about it and and then, you know, reading Goosebumps in the library and being like, God, I wish there was a Goosebumps show. And then, boom, there was a Goosebumps show. And so, like, they already kind of knew it was going to be a success through Are You right. Afraid of the Dark? And then, so, you know, then the books were so hugely popular. That was, like, a double bonus. And they're like, all right, yeah, let's just do it. And, and well, the I show was, came out, and, and everyone loved that, too. And when was I was fun. a kid, that we always had those days at school. Where it was like book, like the book sale, or yeah, it was like a book, like a book sale, book fair. But you, yeah, book fair. Thank you. And you were allowed to almost leave class pretty much just to go buy books yep. because they wanted to con- like get people interested. And I would buy stuff like at my time it was like choose your own adventure books. Like I love those. Oh, classic. Because yeah. you could like flip. You, like if you guys don't know what choose your own adventure books are, I'm pretty fucking old. But basically what it is, is you would read this story. It could be about like catacombs of the sea and it would be like these sea monsters and it would be about that. But you would like start this story off and then you would have to choose like how you handle the situation. And then it would be like if you choose A, go to page 174 and then it would like you would read from there and then it would give you another choice. And then sometimes you would die and sometimes you wouldn't. And so it was like just choose your own adventure. And I can imagine that the the kids below me were picking up goosebumps at school fairs, like the book fairs. Right, like you were with the with the choose your own adventure shit. Your adventure, yeah. Right. Now do you guys remember those they're really creepy books, Urban Legends? Mm mm. It was just a bunch of urban legends and it was all black and white drawings. Oh, are you talking about those like scary movie? Those scary, scary. Yeah, they were they were like scary books. Yeah, I think you guys talked about this series before on on another episode. Fear Street. The no, the like very scary tales, and they were like drawn with ink, and they were like really creepy. Remember? I remember that was one of those those stories. It's a girl who had the spiders like they nested in her face or whatever. Yeah, there was like a picture of a guy's head that was bald, and he had a sharp pointy nose. Oops, he had a sharp pointy nose. And, like, it was, like, blue, red, white with, like, I remember the cover. Very scary tales. Yeah, I can't remember. The artwork was definitely creepy, It was, it was the creepiest books, yeah, that we had as kids. The person who did these books is Keith Richards. Okay. So, so, so he yeah. was, like, in Rolling Stones. He was writing these books. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing lots of drugs at the same yeah, time. Yeah, he was still on strings back then, even. So, uh, back to it. Tale of the Ghastly Grinner. This is a story of a comic with a, a villain of some type, and um, apparently not quite the Joker, but similar to the Joker as as we know. You know the crazy Batman. He was like a jester. Joker. Yeah, he's a jester, but he like infects people with his smile and psychotic attitude. Yeah, he and, drives people and, crazy um, and make them so they can't stop laughing. And they spit out all this blue, weird, jelly-like substance from their mouths. And it, like, darkens out their eyes. It causes them to go crazy. It was just weird. It was like, if he got a hold of you, he would make you laugh till you're dead, almost. Right. It seemed like the main character, Ethan, was getting the blame 
for you know all the shenanigans. Well, he was like in a comic book artist, this Ethan character, and he kept turning in all his work to try to get signed for like a comic book deal or some shit. And they kept turning him down. And so he goes to this fucking comic book shop where this girl runs it. And he, she's like, he said he kind of somehow slightly mentions that he's a comic book artist. And she's like, well, let me see it. Let me see your work. And he shows her. And then she's like, oh, my God, you're like Altus. She's like, well, I got something for you. She opens up this film canister with like this one comic there's only like however many in existence or whatever. It was the only it's the one. last one. Yeah, yeah. It's like the why would comic. you? So she goes to this store. He goes to the store, and this girl just gives him the comic. He's like, "Oh, I can't afford that." And she's like, "No, I'm giving it to you because your artwork is so much like this." Right. So he's like, "Wow, this is amazing." His teacher, like, he's trying to read it in class, and the teacher grabs it from him and throws it in the fishbowl tank in the class, and he's like, "It's garbage." You know, whatever the fuck he says. I don't remember. There was some funny shit that they right, said. Right, it was like, there. it's one of a kind, and then he throws it in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's one of a kind. He's he throws like, it in the fish tank. No, it's it. none of the kind. <laughs> and then he... So the kid's like, well, I'm going to dry it off, which is the classic urban legend, by the way, about trying to dry things off with a microwave. Yeah. Where the lady put her poodle in the fucking microwave, and then it exploded in there. Him trying to dry off the comic book is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. In a microwave. Like, really, dude? Like, yeah. all you're going to do is start a fire. You're an idiot. You don't understand microwaves. <laughs> but <laughs> he throws it in the microwave, and because of it, the radioactivity fucking explodes the microwave in some way and cuts a hole in the comic book, and the ghastly grinner makes a fucking cartoonish hole in the side of the wall parents are affected by the ghastly grinner and they're spitting out all this blue shit like they ate like some blueberry gushers or something yeah it's like right. fucking weird even though this one was not exactly scary to me it i could imagine that a kid would be scared by it especially since they were like bleeding blue shit out of their mouth all the time right and the yeah. jester kind of creature reminds me of a movie called uh the funny man you ever seen that? No. I think I showed it to you, Derek, years ago. Hmm. And they go to this mansion, and there's this funny man that lives in the house, and he's like a jester, and it's kind of freaky. It's kind of scary, but he's like a wisecracker. So we'll have to watch that sometime yeah, at some point. Cool. To make a long story short about the ghastly grinner, which is literally only like 20 minutes long, uh, 20, 23 minutes, something like that. It's like a 30-minute episode with all the commercial breaks. Ethan decides to, in order to beat him, he takes clues from the comic book and sees that he destroys him by, like, a microwave. And then he goes back to the comic book shop to let the girl know that shit's fucked up. And, like, now I'm involved in the story. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, why'd you give me this? And she was, like, she was, like, kind of blaming him, right? Right. Yeah, she was. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're the one that you, gave him the fucking comic. Him, yeah. yeah, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, well, if you would have done this, it's like, no. Ugh. Anyway, she hands him the panels of the last, because there was only one comic book, and then he was going to do a sequel for it, the second copy, and he never got to finish it because the main guy disappeared, supposedly. And so they, he uses these these cells of the fucking comic book to try to piece together how to defeat the Grizzly Grinner. Draws himself in as a superhero. I thought it was a cool episode. He defeats the Ghastly Grinner. I won't say exactly how, but 
I thought it was fun. Like, I thought it was, like, interesting. With the help of a friend. Right. Like, he befriends this really geeky girl who's wearing, like, <laughs> 80 peop- yeah. year old woman's like clothes. Like, old Nana's clothes and shit. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, no that's... kid in the fucking world wears 80s women, or not 80s, like, 80-year-old women's clothes. Oh, by the the main character is totally goth, by the way. Black everything. He, he, yeah. he, he dressed He's like a goth. A... Yeah, and he reminded yeah. me of the kid from Near Dark. Like, the, the actor is Amos Crowley. You'll probably recognize him. He was Ron and Billy Madison, the uh, the friend of Billy Madison in high school, one of those nerds with the long hair. Really? So, yeah, so you'll recognize him from oh, that. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Another movie that... Uh, it's a film by Roland Emmerich, by the way, and uh, this one is called Making Contact, a.k.a. Joey, in Germany. And it was made in 1985. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with who Roland Emmerich is, he's the guy that did Independence Day, Godzilla, the 1998 remake, and Moon 44, Stargate. It's kind of a big budget kind of guy. But one of his earlier films was this movie, and it's called Making Contact. That's what I grew up knowing it as. And the cover is fucking awesome. Like, it always made me wonder, what is this movie about? You know, like, oh my God, like, what's going on here? And this is a PG movie, right? So, like, it was scary to me when I was younger. Like, I was like, God damn, dude, this is kind of freaky. And I was like 11 years old. But I'm not like kids today. It's like they right. see they, everything. They might be bored. Yeah. yeah, they're just on Netflix watching every fucking thing you could probably possibly think of. I was scared of dolls. I didn't like dolls too much. Right. Like I always felt like they're watching dolls. me. There's like this soullessness about them. I definitely hated dolls, and that's partly because of fucking Child's Play, though. Oh, and mine was Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy yeah. of Terror. Yeah. Right. Like, I remember having a Teddy Rupskin doll, and like. I literally smashed its fucking head open because we moved to our new house and I went to the fucking the garage to get something and he opened its fucking eyes and I was like, that's it. You're going down. <laughs> I remember trying to stick like a so, just a regular tape, tape in. into him. Yeah, yeah, but you had to cut a hole in the tape somehow. Yeah, you had to mod it. Yeah, yeah, you had to mod the tape in order to, to let him play oh. whatever it was. So you couldn't like throw a GNR tape into Teddy Ruxpin? No. no. Everybody always says that they did, but I'm like, did you? Cause no, there's a certain uh-huh. hole that you, you had to, to make a specific hole in order for it to fit in the thing because they knew people were going to do that. Right. So, but this movie, Making Contact, it actually has no actors that you will probably recognize. They were all German, though, right? Um. Well, the movie was made in Germany on yeah. a military base for the U.S. Right. So they use a lot of kids from that. And literally, most of the actors in this movie really... I mean, I looked through, I waded through all of these, and the only cast member that I found was this person that goes by the name Punky, P-U-N-K-Y, like Punky Brewster. I saw that in the credits. And I was like, okay, is that their full name? Like, what's going on here? Punky did, who played the, uh, the character Scooter in the movie... Punky was in a movie um, called Julian Donkey Boy, who it actually has Chloe Sevigny, who's from wow. Anti-Birth. Yeah, yeah. It's like seven degrees of Danny Perez. Like I don't, <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But yeah, Chloe Sevigny is in that movie, and uh, I guess he was also the editor on Pete 
and Pete. Pete and Pete. Yeah. Wow. I think I read somewhere one of the factoids about that is that all these kids were pretty much friends before they actually shot the movie. Really? I I didn't I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. They apparently they were they were all you well know, they're all in the same military military base, base yeah. right? So there's probably not that many kids. To give you guys kind of an idea what this story that we're kind of getting into about. The story is when Joey's dad dies, Joey is starting to act strange. This is quote-unquote what the synopsis is. He's got psychic powers. He can talk to him on the phone, exclamation point. His red toy telephone, exclamation point. But what he doesn't know is that he's not talking to his dad. He's talking to an evil dummy. And the evil dummy is starting to make Joey's world a living nightmare. It's like, what the fuck? If right. I read that shit, I would have been like, what? what the fuck is this shit? You'd be like, this is a turd. But it's not, guys. It's actually it's really cool. good. Like, what it, yeah. you- There's a lot of nostalgia in this. It's, it's, oh, yeah. You can tell the writer probably had some sort of Spielberg boner, in my opinion. There's so many Star Wars references, Goonies references, E.T. references. It's... It, it was hard to separate the time period because it's like, how can you even be on George Lucas's nuts this much? Or rather, Spielberg's nuts, excuse me, because there's Star Wars references as well. You know, th- this stuff just came out. It's not like years later, like there's these huge fans and this huge following these days, you know. It's like right. still fairly fresh, but um, there's like homages throughout the film. Um, certain sequences with the E.T. where it looks like, you know, they're... Um, They've got the house in, and they've sort of set up a, a government sort of camp there, and they're testing things and figuring things out. And it's got a weird mix, though, because it's the, like the, the, that that one look that they showed a few times in the movie where you're overlooking like L.A. and it reminded me of you know in E.T. when they first lands and they're like he's in the forest and they're you know and they show the city. And they showed that scene like a few times. Speaking of E.T., actually, um, that movie was kind of like not for kids, too. Um, I remember the scene where E.T. was like laying in the river. Oh, yeah. That like was bad. Pr- practically dead. I was like freaked out. I was like, That's holy dramatic. shit. Like it was all pale and it looked realistic. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, ugh. Yeah, and you're like, not E.T. He's so good, you know? Like- right. But if you take E.T. and you remove the kindness and the gentleness, this fucking evil dummy that looks like fucking some creepy-ass shit, dude. It almost looks like the dummy from Goosebumps. Yeah. it has a monocle. Well, he's got a little more rounder face. He's got big ears. He's got a monocle. He he looks like... I don't know. It's... it's, the, the, The doll is definitely original, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like it's it looks like a crotchety old man kind of yeah right there's this whole backstory about this doll too by the way that you don't find out until about halfway into the movie because the kid like keeps thinking he's talking to his dead dad this like toy phone it's almost like poltergeist too at this point right with the phone yeah right yeah it's like he picks up the phone and he's like oh okay dad da 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 and then he starts. Like, they don't really explain this, but the kid has psychic powers after his dad dies. I'm assuming because he went through some sort of tragedy. And this is why I get the poltergeist connection in part two. This is the interesting thing, okay? So first of all, making contact, a.k.a. Joey, was shelved for like a year. 
Wait, no, it was done filming 84, didn't come out to 85, I thought. Oh, you might be right. So, but it was out before Poltergeist 2. Okay. He had the red phone, the toy phone that he was talking to his dead dad, which is a Poltergeist 2 thing. Right. She uh, she did the same thing. She was talking to her grandma, and then the house started thumping, which was really scary for me as a kid. What was the other thing? The closet was like like the, the entryway lights, the lights to the closet. another dimension, right. which is directly from Poltergeist. Well, the, right. t- the toys coming to life. Toys yeah, coming toys to, life. to life. I mean... So it makes you kind of wonder, like, dude, did this fucking happen before and Poltergeist just fucking ripped it off? off? Or was there some behind-the-scenes shit going on? This movie's hard to tell because you're watching it and you're like, was this a tester for all these other movies? It really feels that way. Elements from this movie and this movie and this movie and like it feels very familiar. Threw them all together, yeah, and you're like. Have I seen this? And this like this feels like this movie or this movie. It seems like a lot of like a conglomerate of different other movie right, like, elements it, it mashed totally together. Felt like you said, like Gremlins and fucking um, well, the like Gremlin Goon Navigator, Goonies, Goonies. Yeah, there's a lot of elements in this, but I'm just now realizing that it it reminds me of Poltergeist too in a lot of ways because she also has psychic powers, and you don't find that out until halfway through the movie of Poltergeist too, right? Yeah. You know, because she's like, yeah. but oh, actually, in the beginning, she does because now I think of it, they were doing. She had a basket of yarn in Poltergeist too, and she was like, "Can you hand me the yellow yarn?" And she's like, "Sure, Grandma." And she just grabs it without looking and gives it to her, and then she's like, "How about the blue yarn?" And she's like, she does it again, and then her grandmother's like, "She's got the gift, yeah, right. <laughs> she's got the touch." She's got power. Alright, sorry. Derail. But no, but like I think it's really interesting to point out that Poltergeist didn't even come out until after it. Right. But this movie kind of fell to the wayside and didn't really get any exposure, all this other stuff. It got more exposure in Germany, I think, than it did in America. In fact, there's two different versions. There's the American version that has almost a different soundtrack to it. And then... And then the German version, which is all subtitled, and it has extra 20 minutes to it. And it changes the story, like, yeah, yeah, it's significantly. Yeah. It's not yeah, like, oh, we just cut out these, ex- you know, typically when you watch a movie and they cut out scenes, the uncut version, it's not, the movie's not completely altered, like, in a different way. Right, it's just a different, right additional scenes that make a little more depth of the story. Right. One of the first things that happens in the movie is the toys all start to come to life. And he thinks it's him because he's started to learn that he has these powers, but then he realizes that there's another power at play and it has a life of its own. And so, like, all of his toys, he's got, like, Star Wars toys everywhere. Star Wars sheets, Star Wars... There's Star Wars throughout this whole fucking movie. There's kids wearing Darth Vader costumes. Right. The kid lights up a lightsaber. There's, yeah, a whole sequence that's very reminiscent of the whole um, rebel assault planning on the Death Star and... Um, yeah, it's it's just again. Uh, it's Even the robot that's that in the somebody movie, somebody has a Spielberg yeah, it looks like C three PO. Well, yeah, I told Spielberg, you, Lucas, Boner. I don't know. Right. Again, it's it feels like a tester to their movies. They were like, maybe we should we should try what these guys are trying to push and see how well it does. It's, it's yeah, it is kind of weird. It's weird. Yeah. What, well, the funny thing is, and I was telling you this, you said it reminded you of R two D two. 
Yeah, right. It's I told you, creature. like, if you watch the Black Hole, another a Walt Disney movie, the robot that's in it is very similar to the Black Hole. Okay. And if you see it, you'll be like, oh, shit, the eyes are exactly like it. I can't remember for the life of me what the robot is, but I need to watch it again just to know. But the scary thing about this movie is that it, it is like a Poltergeist 2 movie in a way. Because this doll, he finds this doll in this old mansion, this old house, that's essentially basically the Bates Motel. It's the same studio lot. And so he goes up to this old creepy house up the hill and and then finds this doll and then brings it home. And then the doll starts talking to him and telling him that he's not talking to his dad on the phone. And it's like really creepy. Like I would have been freaked out if I saw this movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. He opens up like a Hellraiser esque portal to the other dimension, the like labyrinth land or right. whatever. It's crazy. But yeah, you, and the the yeah, the uh the psycho house was awesome seeing the psycho house. Right, yeah, and it used. totally is. You see it and there's like no mistaking it. So this ventriloquist doll was was given the power to do all these bad things because the magician slash ventriloquist guy taught him how to use these powers. Well, didn't they say that they he resurrected his dead son into this doll? Doll. But it took on another life. Right. Yeah, it was possessed by something else. And then he was able to get the power to the doll and the doll took over and trapped him in a world like this maze world. Right. Another labyrinth reference, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus Christ. But the kids all chase him. They get locked into this fucking mansion that has a secret doorway. And all of a sudden, they're like trapped in this parallel universe or weird world that's like a labyrinth. Oh, dude. And this yeah. part of the movie completely reminds me of House. Really? Like, all the weird monsters that pop out of the, the doorway. Yeah, every door like they that. open is like a different creature. Right. It's yeah. like a, it's a, it's, it's basically everything that they fear is represented in each of the doorways. Yeah, there's like the giant creature. It almost looks like a Cloverfield-style monster. It was weird. There's a dragon, and then you see that mummy for a brief moment. Don't forget about the cheeseburger. Yeah, the killer burger with the, the fat cheeseburger, kid. cheeseburger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then, I'm going to get you. And then one of the biggest ones is Darth Vader's in it. Yeah, the, well, it's the kid dressed as Darth Vader, and we see him like no. put on the, the outfit. No. When they were running around in the hallways in this maze... He goes into this foggy area. The kid that was wearing the outfit runs. Oh. In, he runs into actual Darth Vader. Okay, that's where the lightsaber came in. Okay, I, yeah, I, I remember seeing like the Darth Vader, and then I saw the lightsaber like turn on. Right, and I was like, "What the hell? How's this kid have a lightsaber?" And I was, I guess, I was just like yeah. confused at that moment. It's it's weird though. Like, how I don't know either. They got fucking royally screwed financially and had to go to court over all this stuff. Or George Lucas was like, yes, let me come on your movie. Like, let me spit on your back of the movie that you're making right now. <laughs> and just put all my shit in there so I can sell enough toys. What was it, Mattel at the time? Yeah, Mattel. Yeah. I think so. But, like, Jesus Christ. It was it was a good movie. I mean, it had a good message. I mean, there's that part where he's like, no power of fear over us. Like, you don't have that power. Remember when he was like that to the uh, the ventriloquist doll towards the end when they were, like, in that room and there was, like, one door and... 
Right, and he catches on fire and shit. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, like, to, what I want to really kind of talk about real quick is, though, is, like, could you see the elements of scariness in this, though? Like, yeah. As oh, a yeah, kid, like, what are some of the scariest parts you would say in this movie? I uh, think when he first sees the puppet yeah. on the chair, and it's, like, talking to him and making the TV float and shit. Yeah, that was pretty that was creepy. creepy. But he was, like, so okay with it. It was so weird. I I was petrified, but the kid was totally like, yo, what's up, man? <laughs> I and, think one of the well, first you're talking monsters. to your dead dad on the phone, so, I mean, what? You know. Right. <laughs> right. He's like, at this point, it's cool. <laughs> I'm still kind of perplexed at the fact that Poltergeist may have just ripped this movie off. I never realized, I didn't make the connection until we started talking about it. Right. Overall, I mean, there were some pretty funny parts in this movie, um, two different versions, yeah. by the way. Uh, the YouTube version of the original movie is actually out of sync. So I can post the link, but I'm not going to. And then there's the German version that you can watch fully on YouTube with uh, subtitles. It's completely different. If I had to pick between the two, I would say the original U.S. version, which is 20 minutes shorter, is better than the German version. Right. Yeah. And I think it's mainly just because it ends better for me, more magical. It like builds up, whereas the German versions like build, drop, build, drop, build, drop, drop, build. It's like it's all over the fucking map. It just yeah, didn't feel was, right for it was me. It's hard to follow a little bit. Yeah, the way they cut it. Another movie that we wanted to talk about was Something Wicked This Way Comes, which was a Walt Disney Productions movie that was made. Uh, based off the Ray Bradbury movie called Something Wicked This yeah. Way Comes. That came place, out in 83. Well, it takes place in the 1920s. Is it? Yep, it's the 1920s, and you see all the 20s. They did a great job with the period piece. The cars, you know, the the costumes. The, the whole piece was really well put together as far as a period piece. Yeah, and that aspect, it kind of reminded me of a, uh, a Christmas story. Like, oh yeah, it was shot in the eighties. Well, but that it didn't kid seem reminds that way me. When you watched it, like, right? It yeah, it really well... transports you. Right. The main kid actually reminds me of the kid from. Oh, the guy with the glasses. I was yeah. actually thinking it was him for it's a second. Not, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But yeah, it's not the the actor that played Ralphie. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But the movie was directed by Jack Clayton. The great he did the Great Gatsby, uh, the Innocence. A lot of big high profile movies from back in the day. Um, and it was actually had a lot of people in the cast, like a lot of people, like people like Jason Robards, who plays Charles Holloway. He's like the dad, like who looks like a grandpa, actually. Um, he's like a classic actor that passed away in 2000. But I can't remember all the movies that he was in that I was looking for just specifically horror that I could kind of quote. But I couldn't find any. He did a lot of really mainstream movies, though. Um, one of the other people that I'm a big fan of, and you guys may know, not by name possibly, is Royal Dano, which just sounds like a silly made-up name, right? Royal Dano? Right. right. Like he's a wrestler or something? Yeah, like, what the <laughs> fuck? He plays Tom Fury, the lightning rod salesman. And uh, if you're familiar with the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space... He was the guy in the very beginning of the movie that his dog ran away after a comet smashed into the uh, ground. They catch the dog with a net next to the fucking tent. And then he's like, Pooh Bear! 
Pooh Bear! He's like a drunk idiot kind of guy. He plays a really good drunk guy. But yeah, he was in that. Uh, he was also in Ghoulies 2 as the guy that runs the spook house. Nice. Uh, he was also in House 2. So he's done some big stuff, I guess, in horror. Right. Uh, yeah, another big one is Jonathan Price with a Y. Plays Mr. Dark, who he was one of the lead mm-hmm. guys in Brazil. He also it's was in the movie film. Stigmata and Haunted oh, Honeymoon. Haunted nice. Honeymoon. Right. <laughs> Weird, right? Like, I, I just wouldn't even think about that. Yeah, love that movie. Another big one that I was really popular and f- a big fan of was um, Diane Ladd, who plays Mrs. Nightshade. She was in Wild at Heart. Wow. Oh, Did you yeah. see guys see that? It was the David Lynch movie called Wild at Heart with uh, Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern from uh, Jurassic Park. No, I've never seen yeah. this. Oh, man. It's amazing, dude. It's, right, what, it's on my list. Now. It's the Try movie. Try to get me to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. I gotta it's the movie that me and Vash always talk about when we talk about Bobby Peru. Like, oh, Bobby Peru, sneak up around your bunny hole. You know, like, he's fucking creepy as fuck. He's got them Defoe teeth. <laughs> Defoe. Like, yeah, d- something defucked up about his teeth. Uh, but yeah, in that movie anyway. But she, Diane Ladd, plays um, Lola's mom in Wild at Heart, if you're familiar. And she tries to fuck Sailor Moon, who is Nicolas Cage. She's like, would you like to fuck Sailor's mama? And he was like, no, ma'am, I wouldn't. And then she hires somebody to try to kill him. But anyway, she plays a fucking whack job in that movie, Wild at Heart. She's way toned down. She plays the mom in this movie. Okay. It's weird. Like, night and day performance. But it's based on the Ray Bradbury's uh, 1962 novel. Same title, everything. I mean, what did you guys think of it, though? Like, what what are your thoughts on it? We forgot to mention Pam, Pam Greer's in it, too. Pam Greer. She plays the, there's, a, like, a mystic, um, like, almost like an evil seductress in the in the film. And, and oh, Pam she's Greer, the snake woman? Like, the snakey with the, with the ruby with ring? With the ring, yeah. Um, she was wearing the veil in front of her face? Yeah, she wears the veil a lot, yeah. and then she appears, and then... Um, Pam Greer, she's Foxy Brown in the black exploitation film. She was also in Jackie Brown by Quentin Tarantino. Right. Yeah. Didn't even look like her. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Pat? What did you think initially? Creepy. Definitely creepy enough for me to know that when I was a kid, I probably would not like this. <laughs> oh, dude. The whole scene where they're like walking down the street for the parade. Oh, yeah. The circus comes to town and it arrives in the middle of the night. These the main characters witness it. It comes into town. There's nobody on the train. There's nobody driving the train. But the circus comes to town. They f- catch up with the circus after the train goes by. Um, it's kind of a weird, weird timeline there. But the circus is all set up and ready to go. But there's still no one around. So then it goes to the next day, and the kids are there. And it seems like there's this one particular tent people go into. And they come out of it in kind of a daze. In there, they, they talk about seeing their, their former self or their, their dreams sort of answered. The movie progresses where these people are actually getting those wishes granted. but In then different they're, ways, they're, various ways. Yeah, their own unique ways, but they're losing 
So they're gaining basically their youth, but they're losing certain things. They become slaves, right? In they a way, become slaves, and then eventually you actually see them in the circus. Like shops are closing down in town, and they're becoming part indebted to the the circus master or what's his name, Mister Dark. Mister Dark's Pandemonium Carnival is what the name of the thing is. Uh, the barber becomes the bearded lady. His fantasy was to get some women. And, and he becomes a woman. And then he, yeah, basically becomes a woman. There's a woman who's uh, the teacher of the of the two boys who are the main characters. And she is, you know, pretty homely. And apparently she was hot back in the day. And, and they talk about it. And she regains her beauty and her youth, but she loses her eyesight. So yeah. um, she's beautiful to everyone else, but can't herself see it's that like that whole age else. old like get your wishes come true but there's like a price right everything yeah, right. it reminded me of kind of of needful things a lot yeah kind of in a way yeah that's uh john hurt that plays in needful things yep yep sound of music yeah, yeah. i don't know i really like this movie there's a lot of really subtle hints at evil it's like old style writing or old style filmmaking mixed with old style writing and some of the subtle things about this movie that happened, like there's a moment where when the carnival first comes into town, people start seeing flyers floating around. There's like that one lady just throwing flyers in the air. One of the main characters picks it up. He looks at it and he sees the carnival and he kind of feels like it's something's off. And then he looks up and he sees the casket. And then he looks back at the, at the, at the flyer and he looks back up at the casket, and it's now like a block of ice with a lady trapped inside of it with a, the red right, ring. The red ring yeah. There's a lot of symbolism in that. Like, it's foretelling the future, you know, death is coming to town. Right. And I don't know. I mean, just little subtle things like that, to me, I don't know, make the movie so much better and so much more enjoyable. But the original story that Ray Bradbury did was just pretty amazing as it was. I never personally read it. But it was originally written to be a shorter version of his. And then when they test screened it for studio, you know, like audiences, it didn't do well. So they had to beef it up. So they added all these new effects and shit for its time to make it seem cooler and do different things. And apparently Ray Bradbury was like pissed about it. Like oh, wow. they they had to change it, but they didn't want to waste their money on it. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. You got to get a return investment, right? They know? didn't yeah. want to. So he was a little pissed about it. I don't know the details behind that necessarily, but I can tell you that he was not happy because mm. it's his story being turned into a film. Right. It's like someone took the music you worked on and just completely rearranged everything. Right. The novel's actual title when he wrote something wicked this way comes. It comes from Macbeth, Act Four of William Shakespeare's Macbeth. That's what they're quoting. They actually yeah. quote a little bit back and forth. Um, he says, by the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. One of the events of Ray Bradbury's childhood that inspired him to become a writer overall, in general, was an encounter that he had with a carnival magician named Mr. Electrico, who uh, commanded him to live forever! <laughs> and uh, so, but like he was like 12 years old and, and Bradbury was so intrigued by this concept of eternal life that he revisited Mr. Electrico, who spurred his passion for life by heralding him as the reincarnation of a friend lost in World War One. After that memorable day, 
Bradbury began writing nonstop. Wow, so you that's can incredible. See, right? Like, that's it's just amazing. insanely how, like, the beginnings of someone is. It's something as simple as that. Right. It yeah. just inspired him by thought and everything else. So that's awesome. A lot of people were really influenced by Bray Bradbury originally from the books. Oh, um, I love his stuff. Yeah, like one of the main, some of the main big influences on different fantasy and horror authors, uh, Neil Gaiman. And uh, Gaiman's novel, American Gods, can be read as a tribute to and an attempt to surpass many of the dark carnival themes in Bradbury's work. Stephen King, the motif of ordinary people up against sinister supernatural forces appears in many of King's works, including It and Dreamcatcher. Uh, King has also discussed that the novel, uh, this novel, Something Wicked This Way, comes in great length. The book also influenced R.L. Stein, Goosebumps, yeah. uh, who he said, uh, Ray Bradbury is one of the favorite authors. I always tell people the scariest book I ever read was one of his books, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Hmm. So it's interesting, right? Wow, like, yeah. And it even connects into what we were talking about with goosebumps and shit. Usually everything we talk yeah. about on here, it, somehow, it goes full circle. Somehow, yeah. It's weird. It is. That's just one of those things. We're doing the right thing. That's why, I think. This movie had some sexual lyrics. Or not lyrics. Lyrics? <laughs> that's, that's... I don't remember anybody singing to anybody sweetly. <laughs> some some sexual lines in the script. I'll lay you down. <laughs> yeah, those are great. There yeah. was, you know, like... Um, you're talking about when the, the dad c- talks to the cigar vendor, right? Yeah, the cigar vendor. Yeah. Cigars rolled in the plump thighs of Cuban women. And then um, before that, there's a palm reading. And um, she says something to the uh, barber that we mentioned earlier that, that then later became the bearded woman. That he it's been a while since he has a scent of a woman's skin. And... You know, right. he's all sweaty when that happens. and, and Yeah, it's kind of sexual, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> later, he's in the circus tent, and these women, these belly dancers, they're in the belly dancer tent, and they, the boys are peeking in, and they all the belly dancers all dance around him, and he just... Like, it's fucking creepy. Um, one of the things I remember uh, that I heard about about this movie is that they're going to be making a remake. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I don't feel any kind of sort of partialness to it. Um, maybe they'll do it more Ray Bradbury style. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, maybe they'll do it more kicked up a notch. Kind of like uh, that that Harry Potter spinoff that took place before. Oh. Which was I, really good, by the way. Fantastic Beasts. And Where to Find Them. Yeah. I used to always get confused at this movie title and the movie title Sometimes They Come Back. Oh, yeah, that's a Stephen King thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they can keep coming back, and they won't stop coming back. <laughs> right. Please Just stop coming back. <laughs> I like the last movie of the film is like, please stop coming back again. <laughs> Block my number. I'm on yeah. the don't call list, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you guys have any favorite scenes that you liked in the movie? Or I, I want to say probably one of the creepiest scenes for me is this because I, I'm definitely afraid of insects and spiders. Uh, oh, lots of spiders. Yeah, the the spider scene, especially tarantulas don't jump, and they were jumping in this scene, and it just, it, well, they they were using real spiders in this well, like see, the yeah. whole time, dude. Yeah, 
that noise with the aliens was in that sequence with the Here, spiders. The like the same noise they used in Aliens was like the same noise they used during this sequence. Really? And yeah, if you listen, like if you watch it again or listen to it, like Here, you'll hear. Here's the reason why like, I'm more close your eyes. You'll think you're watching Aliens of spiders than I am fucking aliens. Okay, you can see an alien coming. Maybe not all the time, but you can see it coming. Not a spider. It can be like, oh, it's on my leg. I didn't even fucking know it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. oh don't get me wrong. If I saw like 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 fucking tarantulas in my room, I would be freaked the fuck out. Right. I, yeah. One, I wouldn't want to step on it because I don't know if it's going to bite me or what the fuck. One thing that I thought was cool in this movie is that, that there was that one part where the boys dual dream together. And that reminded me right. of, of Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors did come out first. But it just reminded me, you know, a little bit about that because they they band together to fight the evil, and it reminded me of Dream well, Warriors. Well, Dream so Warriors. I don't maybe know. Maybe they're it was like in, Junior Dream Warriors. Um, one of the things I really liked is Mr. Dark's performance. Um, Jonathan Price. Price. Yeah, Jonathan Price played uh, Mr. Dark, and I thought he was really good. Like there was something about his performance that just felt natural. It felt like he job. was a really good because we, he's played good guys, and he was Brazil. Like, he was kind of a pushover in that movie. His performance as Mr. Dark, um, there was a section, there was a part where there was, like, subtle things where he was, like, striking at the kid with the, the cane. Oh, and it and made, it made the-, the snake noises. Yeah. And I thought oh, that yeah. was, like, so subtle and so effective, like, that there was something about him. It was like he was stalking his prey. Then there was a part where the main guy, uh, Robard, was playing the Who's the Father, Mr. Holloway, and he was ripping pages out of a book, and he was saying, oh, he's like, I can make you young again, and you could be young, and blah, 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 if you just tell me where your son is and his friend. And he was like, 30 years of age, gone! And he rips it out, and it's like the page is lit, and it hits the ground. And then he goes to 31... Going, going, gone! And then he's like, 32, adored by women everywhere, gone! He's like ripping through these pages and it's so like intense. I just, I loved it because it was like, it was trying to make you feel like he was going to give in. But I didn't really get that vibe. Right, yeah, they they were trying to go for it, but it didn't really work well, but still. It's almost like Robard didn't do a good job of conveying it. He's a good actor, but I just, I feel like he wasn't, he just kind of stood there like an idiot. Yeah. Like, no offense to him, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think that that it was conveyed as well. Yeah, it was like they just sprayed his face more with spritzer because he was, like, <laughs> yeah. sweating more each, each scene, but he wasn't really, like, strained in his face. He was, like, just, like, deadpan, like... Right. And I don't want to ruin the end of the movie for anybody. Um, one for Patrick, probably. <laughs> yeah, because I am going to go back. <laughs> you should. The last 20 minutes. The last it. 20 minutes are pretty much the most intense part of the entire movie. It yeah, is yeah. like, it's it starts it. with the library and then it just gets progressively crazier and crazier and crazier. And there's a lot of themes. Like, I, I've, I got the overall feel of this movie is like, love conquers all. Um, that's essentially, it's the base root of Ray Bradbury's stories. Good versus evil in some fashion. And uh, as powerful as Mr. Dark was and all of his underlings, love defeats all. So, but it's interesting. I don't know. I I really liked the movie. I thought it was unique. There's a lot of history to it. 
it's nice to see that they they might do a remake. I'm I'm not against it. Yeah, it was it was a cool film. Um, it's not. Perfect. I would expect a sequel because um, not a sequel, a remake. A remake. Well, either way, you would you would almost expect there to be another one because the the dad in the movie he reveals that this has been going on for a while and that this circus is not. You know, this is not their first time visiting this town. Yeah, it's almost like they you intended know, they, there they, to be some sort of... At this point, probably a reboot, because, you know, I'm sure the kids have no yeah, idea. Yeah, so. I don't think it would but, be a sequel at all. But you could see there being a sequel if they did reboot it. I mean, it right. would be very easy to either be a prequel or a sequel, really. Yeah, it had some really cool, different, unique things in it. But I don't want to ruin it for everybody anyway. Yeah. It, it, it is definitely within the it's, realm of intended for kids. There is a scene in this movie where Mr. Dark crushes the hand of Mr. Holloway, actor Robard, and man, it, he just like, it pops his hand open. Like, it just crushes it, and he's just like, pop. Like, and it's just like, ugh. Oof. There's like a headless scene with one of the kids gets his head cut off. Like, he sees himself. Not a kid's movie, you know, in that sense. And even further, it's from Walt Disney. Right, yeah, it's Disney piece. You know, and with how, like, insanely, like, strict they were on how kids are treated and what they're affected by and how they're affected and stuff, and, like, kids shouldn't be seeing this. Like, for the longest time, it was weird. It's like Disney went on this, like, crazy spree of... Don't do bad things. Don't even think about bad things. Although they're like, Disney films are littered with subliminal messages. Right, but I guess maybe they thought, I mean, when they were younger, when Disney was a smaller company, maybe they were like, whatever, you know, these are famous writers, you know, like, why would we stop art? Right. But it was definitely not for kids, even though it was intended for kids. I think that's yeah. about, about it. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on that? Um, you can definitely tell the the Ray Bradbury, Stephen King influence with it, you know, watching right. this and and thinking about that movie. And um, I think it was a great film. Um, definitely worth a watch to any, any horror fan or, you know, anybody who is raising kids who maybe wants to influence them to horror. And you can get it on DVD right now on Amazon for like 10 bucks. They totally ripped off the Imperial March from Star Wars, which is another... Really? Yeah, you were mentioning something like that. Go back and listen to it. It's it's note for note, pretty much, in Imperial March. I don't know if I believe that, because I didn't recognize it. Well, listen to it. It's right when the train... that's pretty iconic. Yeah, it's right when the train first comes into town. You'll hear it. Okay. It's like it does a bum, 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 bum. Hmm. I didn't recognize that. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again to see it's, that. I'm part. so attuned to Star Wars. I just I see it. And hear well, it I remember they're there. like the train's <laughs> coming. Oh, the circus is coming into town. So I'll yeah. I'll check it. I, I don't remember hearing it, but yeah, maybe you're right. No, I am right. But yeah, guys, I think that's it for the show today. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Yay! And thanks for coming on, Derek. Man, yeah, it was really great. appreciate that. Um, one thing I do want to mention. Here. Uh, to you guys, though, is if you do like the show, please always give us a shout out. Second of all, we have social media. You can follow all the links below. And if you like what we do, why not sign up for the contest that we're going to be doing in the email subscription that you can sign up for? It's easy to find. You can look on our YouTube. It's in the links there. 
You can find it on our Twitter, on our information, on our page. You can find it on Facebook. You can hit the blue button that says sign up now or just follow any of the links in any of our stuff. But if you sign up for that, we're going to be starting to do contests through that so it'll be specifically for those people only. So we may do other contests outside of that, but I'm just letting you know, you're going to want to sign up for that and make sure it doesn't go to spam. If you guys have any other suggestions for movies that you felt like were intended for kids that we might have missed yeah that might have been bordering there's plenty of movies that we could list off here but we kind of had to spend some time like figuring out what three things that we could do that would fit into that category so but uh yeah thanks again derek for coming on man yeah thanks yeah, derek pleasure Anytime. yeah it's good to hang out dude sure so but thank you guys we'll thank see you. you next time peace out take care see you next monday Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new episode.